But when you're ready, we can go. We can go. Okay, I'm I've ready. actually started recording a few minutes ago. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Sneaky. So, uh, hmm. so uh, we are live. Oh, shucks. <laughs> Damn it. I said, now I don't know what I said. So, uh, no, well, let's just change the English just to get used to it. But um, mm. something that I started doing again, like a few podcasts I didn't, it's like one, two, three, go. Mm. And we're starting to record now. The last few podcasts I've just been recording for a few minutes. Okay. And then, uh, but we can, like, yeah. again, like, we don't, I don't actually have to take this part right no. now. Like, I can start no, in fine. 10 minutes from now. <laughs> That's absolutely fine. <laughs> I'm happy with that. But, um, then the reason I'm asking is um, the last two podcasts, the I've broken my rule, oh. and my rule, my new rule was don't do anything over one hour forty five minutes. Okay. And the last one was two hours and thirty minutes, That's and the one fun. before that was three hours and twenty minutes. <laughs> I'm like, oh wow. <laughs> and yeah. I, I promise I won't talk that long. <laughs> yeah, I'm the chatty Cathy, so ah, I'm like, okay. I just don't know. If you could really discuss anything in depth less than two hours. That's true. I feel That's like true. if I run, want to, yeah. I need at least two hours mm. to maybe understand a person or something. Mm. And... Um, Maybe that's the way my brain works. Maybe mm. some people's brains work similar. And the other challenges in current society to mm. get someone for two hours is very difficult. Yes. So I don't want to invite someone for an hour because yeah. I saw now that rash. we've been struggling to see each other. Yes, and imagine, it's been a nightmare. Yeah. yeah, imagine we do an hour and then it's like, okay, let's book another hour. Yeah. It's just too difficult. Finding another hour. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure my podcast suffers because of the duration or the length of each podcast. Uh, I'm like, I'm hundred percent. Like, if I was, fa if I yeah. were to be famous or if I was famous, <laughs> you do it shorter. People be like, cool, we we're, we're willing to listen yes. to this random fucker. But, <laughs> But now they're like, no, it's too long. <laughs> it's like, uh, like, do you really want to listen? If you see a famous actor or mm. an actor that you know, you are willing to watch The yeah. Irishman. <laughs> That's yeah. three hours long. No. Or Titanic. <laughs> no. <laughs> if it's a horror movie, yes. Okay. Three hours of being sketched. It's the, fine. <laughs> I see the guy from The Exorcist died uh, this I last know, week. I know, it's so sad. I don't know who he is, but uh, <laughs> I, I saw The Exorcist when I was a small boy. He was quite in a lot of horror movies. Okay. I can't remember the names because my na brain is mush, but yeah, he wasn't quite. It's sad. Is it Selena or Celine? Selena. But I respond to everything. With, what do people, most people call you? Celine. Celine. Yeah. Celine but Dion. Yeah, no. <laughs> but, but I prefer Selena and I've had Selene. Okay. I've had Sally. I was like, yeah, no. Uh -uh. So, but I, I'm sure that you spend a lot of time in Africa and it's just easier yes. to go to Celine. Strangely enough, in most of the African countries, they pronounce my name correctly. Okay. Which I find really odd, but it's only in South Africa that people seem to struggle with, obviously in countries where they speak more French, mm. I become Celine again. But in the other countries, oddly enough, tell them my name and they pronounce it correctly. As an Which Afrikaner, it's a mm. Selena. Yeah. And as an English person, I'll really go Celine. But even the Afrikaans people call me Celine. Are we so. going to make fun of Afrikaans people today? No, we won't do that. <laughs> you can if you want to. 
I'll 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 behave today. <laughs> I won't make I'm off regards, but yeah. So <laughs> I just I, I had to mention I, I've got this year. What is that? And I went to see the Stellenbosch University choir today. How was it? It was not as amazing as last year. Oh, I'm sorry. And I think the reason is there's a few reasons. One, it's the Voortfeest. Oh. Uh, where you can be publicly racist and it's acceptable. Oh, yes. Uh, you can be publicly adverse. Yes. Uh, and my wife cries every year at oh, Voortfeest because so all the Afrikaners come to Stellenbosch. And oh, when, they're horrible. And when she tries to yeah. help them, uh, they refuse to speak English to her. And then they wait until an Afrikaans person within the business. And my I hate wa- that. My wife is from Poland, so she's struggling a bit with yeah. Afrikaans. Um, That's just me. But what was interesting was we did the university choir last year. And it was mm. a free, they did two days yes. of free choir that you could attend for an hour. And it was unbelievable. Like, my wife was crying. I was quite emotional. It was oh. a really, like, and a lot of young people attended. Yes. Today it was Wordfear, so it was just grey fuckers all over the place. <laughs> Shame. <laughs> At some point, there was this whole empty row. I'm like, they all died on the way here, or their wheelchairs have flat tires. And my wife fucking hit me. She's like, shh. Oh, God. And what was interesting was there was quite a lot of, God songs or angel songs oh, today. Okay. So, so the very theme, religious. The theme changed slightly. Okay. And I'm like, and I assume during the yeah. show that it's because it's word fierce. Yes. Afrikaners in general yeah. are a little bit more religious. And, and something that disturbed me, because I am a disturbing human. Okay. Uh, <laughs> They had a black gentleman from the choir go mm. to the front and introduce the song, and he did yes. it in Afrikaans. And everyone clapped hands as if it was something, something strange, remarkable. <laughs> and I'm like, I find that offensive that it you is. think it's interesting or like amazing. amazing. This black guy can speak, can speak my Afrikaans. language and he speaks it well and I understand yes. it. I'm like, you speak really good English or Afrikaans for a black person. Yeah. Yeah. That's just so I horrid. Sat, so I stood there and I just, so I felt a little bit weird during the concert mm. where last year um, I felt a bit different was last year also part of Wordfears no or was I that think something it, separate? I think they did it a week after Wordfears oh, okay and um, so the Wordfears time it's a little bit difficult mm. for me I'm always waiting for my wife to come home and be oh, like she had it yesterday where oh. she came home and she's just like this and this I'm and this sorry. happened and I'm like I'm like I'm waiting for these fuckers yeah. to realize that I'm only 500 meters away Oh, and wow. I will get you. If you make my <laughs> wife cry, I will get you. I will get you. <laughs> Shame. But it's oh, been... Oh, no. Anyway, so... Well, fuck I'm that. sorry she has to go through that. It's horrible. I've been to dinners and lunches with people who are like that. Yeah. And it's embarrassing and irritating. And I always feel horrible for the waiters. Yeah. So uh, I always... I joke with Afrikaners. I feel a mm. bit like Ali G that jokes about oh, the Jews. Yes. <laughs> it's like because he's Jewish or He can Jewish make jokes heri- about it, yeah, yes. So I feel the same about the Afrikaners. But you're allowed to joke because, yeah. And their fucked up behavior hurts me more because I'm mm. from their background. Yeah. That's my mom and I in public. We hardly ever speak Afrikaans because we're terrified of being associated with that quite racist... Um, Ah, I'm just going to say it. A lot of Afrikaners are very racist. Mm. They might not believe it or, or see it in themselves, but they are. And we just don't want to be associated with that. Mm. So in public, we speak mostly English. 
Plus, we're still in the Boerland, so I wonder if that has an influence on the type of Afrikaner that we're hanging out with. Do you mean like it's a better Afrikaner here than elsewhere? or that it's I'm just saying that we're in the farm area where yeah. it's still a little bit where the demographic... Yes. So if you go to Johannesburg, a lot of black people True. are super rich. True. So then they suddenly become your equal. Yes. Where here, a lot of your colored people are still are farm still, workers yes. or the black... So I wonder so if... Power dynamic is still a bit skewed. I wonder yeah. sometimes. It can be. My can be. Because we were speaking today about if when we what I what I miss about London. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> is the English people? <laughs> I'm joking. No, I actually don't miss them at all. <laughs> they were really racist as well. Oh God! <laughs> like the fact that they know that you're a foreigner, mm. they, and especially if you're an African. Yeah, like they, they suddenly treat you differently. Yeah. It's a more subtle racism yes. that they've got. Um, That's the worst kind, is the subtle racism. I don't know. I, just, I, I don't know who you're going to play this podcast to, so I want to be really careful for <laughs> being myself. <laughs> Go for it. Be yourself. I'll be bold and be myself as well. <laughs> um, I just said something like, what I miss about England is that you can, mm. you can say that Jesus was sucking my dick last okay. night and no one looks at <laughs> you. Funny. It's like, whatever. Yeah. You can be yourself yes. and I'm not going to take it personal. Yes. And I feel like where we live right now, everyone takes it personal. Yeah. They become really upset. I'm like, if I don't actually do anything to hurt you, to hurt yes. you then I'm technically not a bad person. Yes. If I joke about I you or about yeah. something, and I always say I'm the biggest retard of them all. So, <laughs> like, I'm not exempt from anything. Yeah. So, you can joke with yourself, yes. Um, but, yeah, Afrikaners are amazing. Some of the most amazing people I know are Afrikaners. And some of the most fucked up people I know are <laughs> Afrikaners. <laughs> so, it goes both ways. Yeah, it does. It does. I'm trying to think now. I don't really have Afrikaans friends. Mm. My family is Afrikaans and that's it. But they're pretty cool. No. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm gonna laughs> some of them are. Some of them are also those horrible racist people. In your just, family? Yeah, extremely racist. <laughs> but... Um, and socially racist or privately racist? Both. No, it's awful. Seriously? Yes. I, I'm not going to say which family member. I sent her a WhatsApp. We were chatting on WhatsApp and I said, oh, I'm going to Uganda next week. And she was like, yeah. And I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah. It's fucking awesome. I'm going to Uganda. It's brilliant. If I could move there, I would. And it was just I was like, oh, come on. So, but my core family is not like that. So I mm. think my parents are a bit different than other. I always joke that I've been raised by hippies. So my mother and dad taught me you question everything. Mm. So obviously I had a hard time in school. Every time I came home after I started grade one, I would tell my mom, the teacher said this, is this true? Mm. And then she'll go, yeah, it is. And this is how it works. And I got into trouble because when we learned capital letters, I was just astounded by these new letters that I'm learning so I wrote everything in all caps and the teacher told me to not do it and I couldn't figure out why did she teach me new letters if I'm not allowed to use them so I kept doing it because it didn't make and my mom would always explain to us if she tells us don't do that she'll explain why mm. um, and she never thought it was disrespectful if she tells us something and we ask her but why mm. so but for the teacher obviously that was too much and I ended up getting a hiding because I kept I still kept using it I was like if you can't explain to me why I can't use them and yeah so just from the day I went to school it's been 
So I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump. Awful. I'm yes. gonna go down this avenue, okay. which I didn't plan. But I think there are certain similarities with us in the sense of we mm. struggled with the culture that we ra- were yeah. raised with, which is one, Afrikaans, mm. two, yeah. that normally meant Christian, yeah, and three, it normally meant uh, like blind your situ- respect for authority, which I was taught you don't, you sh- you shouldn't have. You, sh- I was taught that seen, not heard. Yes, don't I question. Wasn't- I was, uh, yeah, whereas mine was complete opposite. I was heard, I was seen, everything and children are important and you're allowed to question everything. I don't have to use, say, E, I could call my parents yay and yo. As my mom said, it's not about what you call people, it's how you speak to them. Mm. So you can call someone, you can use respectful words and you can say it in a tone that's really disrespectful. Yeah. And so, yeah, my sister and I both had difficulties at school. Yeah. Because we just don't do authority mm. at all. Still not. Still not. I have difficulty at work because I don't do authority. <laughs> I go like, oh, no, that's not how it works. Yeah. Why did you do this? Yeah, I think your thinking is very backwards. It, and it's uh, like, sorry. And it's not even, sir, your yeah, thinking. Your thinking is just, it's <laughs> fucked up and stupid. <laughs> and at work, they know I swear a lot. I don't even notice it anymore. But, Yeah. It's weird with the swearing, which has been my experience. I don't know if I told mm. you this, but I had a couple of situations with Paul Roos Gymnasium where okay. they want to hold me accountable or maybe just the yeah. teacher. It's like his kids were wearing, they were cycling on the farm yes. I stayed. I built a lot yeah. of mountain bike tracks there, which is available for free for yeah. people to use. But there are certain uh, assumed rules mm. that you've got to be responsible. And yes. these kids were driving recklessly. And unfortunately, the one oh. kid was doing it in a polaris jumper. And I nearly killed him. Oh, God. Because yeah. he came out of the mountain bike track onto oh, the road. No. And luckily, I responded oh, where I didn't drive time. over him. So, And I got a massive fright. Of course. And there was an, I did a PTSD counseling session an hour <laughs> before that. <laughs> Oh no, so you're already... My, yeah, well, it was my first PTSD, like for years, this trauma oh. shit. So like, I'm like, and then that happened and then I lost it. I can imagine. And I swore at these pe- kids and yeah. then they looked at me like... How dare you talk to me like that? Like these rich, spoiled brats mm. and that just triggered something in me. Yeah. And then I used a few names of teachers I knew. <laughs> and in retrospect, I wouldn't have done any of it. <laughs> no. If, yeah. So what happened after, I was just like, get out of here. I can see my cars are fine. Half mm. an hour later, I calmed down. I'm mm. like, why did this happen? I'm yeah. like, because the mountain bike trails aren't maintained. Things mm. are overgrown. So what I did is I contacted the people yes. responsible for that, which oh, is wow. Stellenbosch Trail Fund. Yes. I contacted the farm owners, yeah. the administration, and told them about it. I contacted this teacher at Paul Roos and said, this is what happened. Yes, you need to and make And I plan. am unfortunately sorry. I feel really bad with the way I spoke to the kids. Yes. I'm really embarrassed. Yeah. And I would like to apologize. You got a fright. They got a fright. And then basically he's like, cool, it's fine. And then the day, next day I went to go look at my car again. I'm like, fuck, that's three grand worth of damage. Oh. And I don't have insurance on it because it's an old car. Yeah. 
So I'm like, I'm going to ask the school or the kids who did it to, yeah, to, to do it. To and then suddenly it. they're like, no, because you were swearing at the kids. Oh, that has got nothing to do with it. And then that I had has this, absolutely nothing to do so with it. So then I had this big challenge of, no, but I was swearing. And then even the father of the kid who no. I contacted, I finally got his number. I was like, well, so... Well, it isn't going to cost you money for swearing. It didn't da- that's not what damaged the yeah, car. Yeah, but I, I phoned the father. I was like, yeah. listen, this is who I am. And first of all, I would like to apologize with the way yeah. I spoke to your son. Yes. If, if I was in your position, I would probably feel like smacking me. Yes. But could I please give you the context of what happened? Yeah. And could we look at the matter, which is yeah. they drove irresponsibly. They I nearly killed them. And, and then I had car. to battle him for a month to pay out. Yes. And I was just like... It's a society that puts more emphasis on the way, yes. on what you say rather than what you do. And the context of So if of you it, yeah. look like a gangster, but you're Jesus yes. and these behavior. they will judge you. It's yeah. like, you got to be in a suit mm. and be like Jesus. You can't just yes. be Jesus. Yeah. And it's like, if you look at what I'm doing, yes. I'm doing everything right. You guys are being yes. the cunts. Yes, absolutely. Blah, blah, blah. And it's yeah. like, and that's the society we grew up with. Yeah. Like, if you look at like all the, the if we start going <laughs> into university yes. here and you start big flaky, what are they yeah. called? Oh God, yes, Volkanov. If you start looking, it's, I, I oh. wanted to tell him, I'm like, listen. Yeah. You guys want to make Paul Ruiz as easy, as if it's a church, okay? Yes. Paul Ruiz probably 150 years ago had 400 slaves in his back garden. Yeah. Are we really going to now make him as, as if this he's this holy awesome, institution? Yeah. I was at the school. They're a bunch, not a bunch of corrupt motherfuckers. They're pretty close. But they will protect who is of vital yeah. importance. And if you're not of vital importance, it's they like any political institution. Yeah. And... Um, <sighs> Sorry for my little... <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but I understand it. It's it. like, um, again, it just disturbs me that people will put more emphasis on you the swore. surface things, yeah. And it's like... Rather than a child could have been killed because they were driving recklessly. I had a situation here at the... If you look down here, mm. there was a father punching his son <gasps> at one o'clock in the morning, his nine-year-old boy. Oh. And I went to go Hell help no. out. No one in the whole neighborhood did nothing. I waited for an hour for the police. It took me four phone calls to get them out. Even when they showed out, I went to go get them and I yes. got them into the property. That's the type of person yeah. I am. And you but fucks, other people would just... Oh, doing what? Yeah. You know, so let's nothing. look at action rather than yeah, words. And that's I what disturbed me with the Afrikaans culture yes. when I grew up. It's like, yeah. you could be a two-faced motherfucker at the church on yeah. Sunday and then go back and to And they're your, absolutely happy with... No. I think I've... I've I think I think I was blessed with the parents that I had that really they they even though it was it makes life a bit difficult I've been called a troublemaker so many times and difficult and oh all kinds of names mm. oh I, I was called a vicious bitch I was like well you said like so, like it's a bad thing and one guy asked me so you're a troublemaker I went like yeah I'm a troublemaker you do shit, I make trouble. Yeah. So I think, but I've been, so even though that's been difficult, I think I'm, I've been blessed to have parents who taught us to think for ourselves, to challenge authority, don't accept things blindly, um, don't focus on the surface things, focus on the substance of things. If mm. the substance good, the surface really doesn't matter. Mm. So uh, my mom, I remember when I was very, very little, she would, now this was during apartheid, she would sit me down and she'll tell me, 
So you get good black people and you get bad black people. Being black doesn't make you bad. Mm. I was like, yeah, I know. Why are you telling me this? <laughs> and then she'll sit me down and she'll say, you get good gay people and you get bad gay people. Being gay doesn't make you bad. I go, yeah, I know. It was before I was in school. I couldn't figure out why she would say that because we were also very much protected from the political situation. But then later I realized why she kept emphasizing it. It wasn't just showing us who to be in her behavior. She made a point of telling us that it's it's about a person's character. It's not about being gay. It's not about be, what race you are. Um, it kept telling us the government is evil. So, and I couldn't, I couldn't at that age figure out why she would tell me stuff that's so obvious. Mm. And then later when you when you come into contact with your peers and other Afrikaans people, I started realizing what's going on mm. and was quite an eye-opener. No, definitely. I think um, I had a conversation with my dad and my dad is liberal compared to yeah. my peers' parents yes. and my mom similar. Yeah. But even they are still, in my opinion, conservative, yeah. where yours would be considered liberal. Not just liberal. I think they're anarchists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like, let's break the whole system down. <laughs> but um, I said to my dad, like, I, I think you you raised me or the way I got raised didn't prepare me for reality. Yeah. And reality is life is unfair. Yes. And regardless of who and what you are, money talks. Mm. Uh, if uh, you can take a shortcut, then yeah. do it. And that is what everyone will yeah. do. Morals is a nice thing, but when it comes to business, 99% people of it. people don't yeah. have it. Uh, choosing, going upstream, choosing the hard mm. path will not reward you no. in any other way yeah. other than feeling good. Yes. <laughs> And there's all these things that I yeah. got taught as a little kid. What's the uh, what's the little story you got told with the guy that was on the horse that went to go oh. save people in the ship? Was that, that Volrad Voltemade? Yeah. Yes, I love that story. I was like, poor horse. <laughs> <laughs> what a brave horse. <laughs> Screw the human. That horse is so brave. <laughs> and I got raised with that idea of yes. this romantic notion mm. of doing what's right. Heroic. And, and yeah. this... Uh, and I'm like, it's yeah. unfortunately I mm. have that, yes. and it makes my life really hard. And I can assume, yes, it does because I was also I I was prepared. I was taught that even though they they kept me kept us kind of um, protected from the political situation, um, we were raised knowing that life is unfair. Doesn't have to be. You can fight it. You probably won't win, but you can still fight it. And my mom, every time say something unfair happened at school. And we want to do something about it. Then she says, okay, if you do something about it, what will the consequences be? Are you okay with those consequences? Hmm. And we usually, my sister and I, my sister is a much, much more dominant person than I am. Hmm. Um, so she would also stand her ground, but I was the one getting bullied. And I'm her older sister. And I remember her coming up for me and protecting me from bullies. Um, she would physically get into fistfights with, with, with my bullies. And no one ever bullied her. And we had the same approach. But she has a much more dominant personality. Um, and she's also a lot taller than me. So maybe people are scared of her. And they go like, you're, you're short. We'll just bully you. But yeah, but we always went, yeah, this is the right thing to do. This is the consequences. We accept it. But do you find life hard because of that? Mm, I do. But I can't. I can't do it any other way um i tried 
I promised myself. I'm not going to tell the story in detail because I don't want to get in. I still don't want to get in trouble, though, unnecessarily. But I promised myself when I got back to work. Oh, yeah, because last year I was booked off for three months from burnout. And I promised myself I'm at work I'm not going to get into fights or start fights during meetings. First week back, fourth day, we have a meeting. God. So I get, got really pissed off when people started using language like those people, talking about black people as minorities. I was like, oh, hell no. And about what <laughs> the, the students who come here lack, that language of deficiency. So I'm texting my mom and one of my friends, and my mom's saying, because she wants to protect me, and she says, you know what, just stay calm, breathe, etc. My friend, she's always, she's less directive. She always guides with questions. So she asks, what do you want to do? What do you think would be the best course of action? My mom's like, just stay calm. And I started shaking. One of my friends was also in the meeting. She said she just heard heavy breathing. And she turned, she was like, oh, hell, she's going to explode. So I was breathing heavily. I was shaking because I was so angry. And I realized I'm probably going to get a heart attack if I don't say something. So even though it might cause problems, me saying something, I'm going to drop dead if I don't. So, and I felt immediately better when I spoke up. And then I continued the fight during the tea break as well. <laughs> like, uh, not let get people, away, people get away with it. So yes, life is unfair, but I'll fight until it's not. But doesn't it make you tired? Very. I think that's also why What's I burnt out. What's the phrase, you uh, pooped in event? Yes. What's you, the English uh, is, version of that? It doesn't that? have a nice English version. It's almost like pissing into the wind. The, pissing into the wind, yes. Where the Afrikaans one is farting into the wind. Yeah, it which blows do, back into it your own just face. doesn't sound the same. It sounds nice in Afrikaans. <laughs> <laughs> but doesn't it feel like that? Because I find mm. like I'm very proud of who I am. And I feel like there's a lot of people out there that's got a world championship or an Olympic gold medal. And they feel like this makes them special. Yes. Where I feel a lot of times like my morals is so unique. Very few <laughs> people have it. So, and that makes you special. And I'm like, this makes me special. But fucking but it hell, does. it makes me so tired. It does. And I, I had an argument with Web Africa this weekend where they mm. sold me data. So what happened was my data was finished. It's my first month with them. Mm. So my daughter was finished like three or four days prior to the end of oh, the month. No. So I'm like, is, can so I buy some, some top up? So I bought like 10 gigabytes yes. and they're like, cool. So now I go in, but they're like, mm. the daughter the will expire in 30 days. I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. So I see, but now the new month has started. So now they're not using the daughter that's going to expire. Oh, they're, they're using, using the your, other daughter. Oh, no. So I phoned them. I'm like, dude, come on. You know, this is slightly sneaky. Yes. If you told and me unethical. that, I probably wouldn't. And then I ended up being, uh, it was on WhatsApp, uh, oh, Web okay. Africa. I ended up having a two-hour argument with this guy. Oh, my God. And he ended up putting the, he ended the chat oh without giving me an option. He was just like, your chat has been ended. Oh, God. And I said to him, like, and I said to him a few times, I'm like, dude, this is not about you. This yeah. is about the company that you work yes. for. And the morals. I had a fight with Vodacom. <laughs> and I'm like, I had a fight with Vodacom also the other yes. day. I'm like, I left them and then they tried to blacklist me and I just went ballistic. And then I had already moved to a different cell company. And they tried to comp me with some, after they realized this woman is going to cause a lot of shit. Mm. And I was like, why are you comping me? 
some what kind of crap. Mean? They gave you they complimentary. Yeah, complimentary extra data and stuff. I'm not with you anymore. Mm. Like that's useless. But they backed off. But I was. Because what happened to me was I joined them knowing that I might not stay in the country for mm. 24 months. Mm. So I signed a 24-month contract and they told me, yeah. just give us a month notice. And then it will be fine. Now I've gone there and they're like, no, you've got to take your 24 months. And I'm like, okay, cool. So That's not what you said. It's not what you said, but fuck it. I don't want to have yeah. an argument with you. Can you just please cancel my contract at the end of the 24 mm. months? No, no. You have to do it within four weeks prior to the contract ending. I'm like, I'm not going to be in the country then. Okay, but... Oh, my God. I'm like, it's in three months from now. Just cancel it now. Yeah. And now I have an argument with this lady. And I, and then suddenly I can see she takes it personal. We're talking about Vodacom in Stellenbosch, Eikestad Square. <laughs> um, and yes. uh, so I said to her, I'm like... This is not yeah. about you. This is about the company you're representing. Mm. And unfortunately, you've chosen a position where yeah. you are now the spokesman for yeah. them. So I realize and, they're not the ones and, doing it, but they and, can't just shut down the and conversation. It took me about five minutes to say, listen, mm. I know you're not happy with your bosses. I know they're not paying you the overtime they're supposed to. I know you're understaffed. I, and she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, the empathy always works well. <laughs> no, but I said to her, but the, you know what I Please. mean? I understand that you are unhappy, so you can understand mm. that I'm mm. unhappy. Mm. And then it ended up like, I was just like, just give me a copy of the contract I signed with you. Mm. Oh, but we don't have that. Oh, but then they don't have a contract with you. And then I'm like, I'll okay, but like, she's no. like, I'll contact head office. I'm like, okay. And then... Oh, that's impossible to contact head office. So then a couple of days later, I get an SMS. What was the rating? Zero to mm. ten. I was like, zero. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, 24 hours later, someone phones me. Yes. What was wrong? Yeah. And I explain again. I'm yeah. like, it's not the lady. Yes, it's not her. It's the whole system. Forget that I walked in. There yeah. was no one in the shop. All four of the people yes. were on their telephones. Yeah. Your manager was eating jelly tots. I don't <laughs> care about that. What I care about is the policy. Yes. Yes, I understand. And blah, 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 yeah. blah. And then she's oh, like, I'll put Lord. you through to the cancellation department. But yeah. then she... Uh, and oh, I yes. ended up talking to cancellations. I still cannot cancel. And they're automatically renewing the contract. That's the worst. If I don't, don't cancel it, oh. they automatically renew. I was like, I committed to 24 months. Yeah. And Vodacom, that's it. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, Go Vodacom. to Hello Peter. <laughs> I moved over to Cell C. And they might not be as... Good technologically, these yeah. dropped calls and, you know, the signal doesn't always work. Yeah. But their service is so good and they're so helpful and they go out of their way to make sure you're happy. Mm. Which Vodacom, they just kept screwing me over and I was like, okay, I'm done. So I left. I felt like and then I they kept, um, kept taking money from my account as if I'm still with them. What? I was so angry. It's almost like they remind me of Telcom. They do. I'm like, this is what I experienced with Telco. It's Thelco. impossible to try and do so. Yeah, no. We quickly moved to fiber the moment we could. Yeah, um, I'm just leaving the country. Fuck yeah, that. so you're, you're just going. <laughs> I'm just you're immigrating. I, was like, you're I, like, just, I can't deal with it anymore. It's just weird how I say to them, like, we as the, like, there's legislation in place, mm. like the basic conditions of the Employment Act, which you. is like the yes. employer versus employee. But there's mm. the same thing for, for clients customers. or yeah. customers. Yeah. And I'm like, you guys just don't care about it. And, no. I, and I said to my wife, I think the problem is, is that the customers don't know the rights they have. No. So the companies get away mm. with it. The other thing that 
Also, you're not going to fight them in court because it's such a schlep. And they're mm. bargaining on that because the people who has fought, uh, people who has people who have fought them in court, um, they won. So, uh, where the contracts, it was, you, they said the contract is void because you didn't make sure the client understood, or the contract is void because that's not legal. Mm. But no one wants uh, such a schlep. Mm. This is the thing. Everyone. So what's weird is, is it's again, what are you saying versus what are you doing? Yeah. Everyone would have an opinion. But yes. when this shit, I don't know how many times you've had a business meeting and it's like everyone before the business meeting mm. says, we've got to do this, we've got to do this. Yeah. And then it's the business meeting and it's like all those in favor of this. And mm. then no one lifts their hands. And then yes. I'm like all brave and yes. and then everyone and then and I'm looking around and I'm like, I'm alone. Yeah, I've had the same where people go, yes, we will fight and win. And then I go and like, oh, I'm on my own. Cool. So anyway, like <laughs> to anyone listening, uh, mm. apologies for me uh, unloading a lot of my emotional <laughs> baggage from my childhood. Not everyone at Paul Ruiz is corrupt. My father was there as a teacher for 20 oh, years. Nice. So I do understand the school yes. slightly different. My grandfather oh. was a, a in matric in Paul Ruiz. I've never been there. I wasn't there. Inside. So there's a lot of, there are a lot of <laughs> yeah. good people at Paul yeah. Ruiz. I just had a few unfortunate uh, mm. incidents with them. Uh, not all of everything. So just yeah. let's all just be in context. Yes. Uh, there's good and bad. I think it's similar, like I spoke to someone earlier, like this thing about this father hitting his child, mm. it did affect me quite badly. I can imagine. Uh, and I've been struggling with uh, with it this last two weeks. Yeah. And uh, I've booked myself for another PTSD oh, session. Um, and I, I say to people, unfortunately, I've really become involved with life. And mm. there's it good and bad. Time. And a lot of people live in a bubble and mm. they don't have anything to complain or talk about. Yeah. And I have a lot and it's very mm. cool to talk about a lot mm. of things, but it, it takes its toll it on you. Yeah, I decided I, I'll need to choose my battles and I don't have to fight every time. Because I feel quite strongly that white people need to speak up. Mm. Because... We can't expect black people and people of color to do all the fighting all the time and all the explaining all the time because they get battle fatigue as well. Mm. But I've learned I need to take care of myself too. I sometimes need to back off and go, this fight, I'm going to let this one go. Just recuperate and then fight some more. I still need to learn that. I think my ego gets in the way. Um, Wait until you burn out. You learn lots of stuff very quickly. (laughs) I feel very close. I've been taking <laughs> off now for two weeks. It's like I go to work oh, nice. and I sleep. And I oh, go to shame. It's, oh, it's just uh, it's been a tough two weeks. Yeah. Like I, again, I was raised with you can't say I can't. Yes, but that's yeah, also, unfortunately so. Uh, yeah. But it's also because of my dad. He had one leg growing up as a kid, okay. and um, so every if he time he can do it, you can do it. Well, every time he said I can't, his father mm. hit him. Oh. So he really got raised with you cannot you say can I do can't. it, and yeah. he lived his whole life. Yeah, like I wish I could accomplish half of what my oh, dad did. Wow. So I also have this thing of well, I can because mm. look and yes. So I have a very hard time with I can't. Yeah, uh, but I'm slowly realizing yes. that I can't. Yeah, and it's a tough pill to swallow. Mm. Um, but and my ego gets into the way mm. sometimes. I think it is a lot of naivety. Yes. Um, I think Afrikaans people we in general quite naive as a probably, probably yeah, not really. 
it's like mm. I grew up with the Seventh Heaven series. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I remember that. And I'm like, that's the real world. Yes, and it's and just, you know, so rosy. <laughs> <laughs> and problems get solved so easily. And it's like just that naive thinking that that yes, is the that world. Is how it is. And, and inevitably, no matter what challenge, the mom and the dad yes. is going to be on the same page. Yeah. And it's seven kids or whatever, mm. and they all somehow never. No one's bullying yeah. no one. Yeah. No, I th- I I think what really really opened my eyes was um I studied English literature, mm. and the literature we did really really opened my eyes. Um, and exposed me to all the horrors and things, which is a good thing. It's yeah. not a bad thing. Mm. Um, and forced me to think. Because even though I had the liberal parents, I was still quite protected. I wasn't aware of things like white privilege. I wasn't aware of how horrible apartheid actually was. Also, um, when I was seven, we moved to Namibia. Um, and Namibia became independent shortly after we moved there. So, And the schools were already integrated um so i wasn't as aware of the racism and then when i got here i was just shocked at at the realities of it and i was like oh because the dress you're wearing is african that yes. classifies as african this is my favorite dress i wore them especially <laughs> <laughs> i got this from my students in ghana as a gift it's really beautiful thank you it's, it's comfortable really, very comfortable i started wearing only Af- well mostly african clothes because i'm i love food so i'm a little bit bigger um and the clothes just fit better it's more comfortable it's very durable i love the colors and it's nice during the heat it is i don't feel it's not clinging to me i just love this dress and mm. what i was amazed is when they got me the dress they didn't have measurements or anything they knew exactly what would fit me yeah without but they're all in ghana especially a lot of them make their own clothes okay. or they have the clothes made i've never seen more beautifully dressed people anywhere than the students in that group yeah. that was oh it's the most beautiful cloth um and fabrics every time i go to an african country i come back with a really heavy suitcase stacks of cloth i'm still looking for someone to make clothes for me okay. um because the one lady who made the clothes um who's in south in Salembosch. she now moved to london with her husband oh. like, uh, so was she doing so well that she could move to london well her husband <laughs> got a job there and she's busy with her postgrad so they went there there's like, oh, a i don't know on. how good the ladies are but uh mm. at the brock then opposite then you have stellum like ikaya the little yes, backpackers and there on the inside, there's a lady that fixes oh, a lot of my clothes. Yes, but can she make African clothes? I don't know. Yeah. But I, I know quite a few African yeah. people, so uh, I if might you, be able to hook yes, you up. Yes, please, hook me up. <laughs> uh, Anya actually is thinking of mm. shipping containers of African clothes oh, to Poland. Nice. Because it might, uh, we don't know, but we're thinking of it's options. It's so beautiful and it's it just fits so well and comfortable I, I, I maybe ask her to i took a picture of her yesterday because yeah. her mom's really arty and anya's really oh, arty nice. and then she had a dress on yesterday she's like can you take a picture for my mom yeah because with the lady who made the made our dresses because i always bring cloth for my colleagues as well mm. and you would send her a picture of the dress you want and you give her your measurements and give her the cloth and she'll make it yeah and when i was in rwanda we bought cloth we walked into a small showing uh, sewing shop um Gave him the cloth. Two days later, we could go and collect the dress. 
Very cool. It was just... I'm going to see you if I can hook you Very up. well done. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because none of my friends know. And the, the one person who had someone who made her clothes, that person also left. So she's also looking for a new person to and make the, her clothes. And the nationality of the people that made your clothes for you in Stellenbosch? Ga- Ghana. Ghanaians. Ghani- yeah, they, they call <laughs> themselves Ghanaians. Ghanaians. Yes, when I was there, they talked about Ghanaians. So okay. I was like, that's it. We talk about Ghanaians. Not Ghanaians, it's Ghanaians. <laughs> So very, very nice clothes. So explain your, uh, let's move a little bit more towards the the language thing mm. and the travels to Africa and Uganda and a little bit more of your yeah. actual background. So why are you going into these African countries? Um, I, I, I do writing skills workshops for postgraduate students at the writing lab. And English. In, yeah, I, the, the classes are in English, but we have, a, oh, I always feel nervous when I say to this to the students, we have a language-friendly approach. So they can speak whichever language they feel comfortable, because it's not about language ac- acquisition, it's about writing skills. Okay. So I had one group where every single person in the group greeted me in a different language. Okay. What I was so chuffed about is I could greet most of them back in that <laughs> language, but that's, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, is that, and one greeted me in Russian, I was like... <laughs> You didn't know I had a Russian teacher for oboe. No way. <laughs> so, so I'm going to greet you back in Russian. So what languages are you comfortable um, or fluent? Just English and Afrikaans. Okay. I can read German. I don't speak it very well. And um, if someone speaks German, they have to speak slowly. So okay. that I can... If What's weird though is if I, if I go to Namibia um, and I hear German a lot, then all of a sudden... I can start speaking it again. Mm. But when I'm in South Africa trying to speak German, it's just just too much of a struggle. I tried learning Russian out of pure desperation because we had uh, an oboe teacher. who A witch teacher? An oboe. Oboe Oboe. is a music instrument because I studied music actually. And he was an absolute sweetie. He was just lovely. But he would sometimes, if he couldn't come and teach us, he'd send his wife. And his wife could hardly speak English and she was extremely aggressive and angry and always yelling at us and she asked me to play a dominant scepter so I play a dominant seventh and she starts yelling and stamping her feet and net net dominant scepter and I'm going I don't know what you want so out of pure desperation I started learning a little bit of Russian just just to figure out what this woman wants from me. Yeah. And then when we complained to him about it, he said, oh, yes, I know. She's very angry. I was like, then why are you sending her to us? Like, no, just leave her at home. But, um, but that's it. And then obviously, I still want to learn Isikosa and I still want to le- learn Swahili. So I know some phrases and words, but mm. I want to learn it properly. Mm. Um, but the workshop is mostly in English. Um, and then students are free to speak whichever language they feel comfortable with. I can only translate the Afrikaans. But if they want to translate it or someone else translate it, that's fine. And then if someone is writing in a different language, I will have the notes translated mm. and give that to them in the language they're writing in. Okay. So that's, yeah. And But then, I can't remember how many years ago. It, I think it's the... The Graduate Office of the Arts and Social Sciences Faculty, they have, um, um, the group is called Pangea, and I can't remember what it stands for, it's something like uh, Pan-African 
something for new, something academics. I can't remember exactly what it stands for. But then once or twice a year, they have workshops. Um, there's eight African universities that's part of this group. And then we go to other places and do workshops. And the very first African country... Oh, well, granted, I grew up in Namibia, but I never thought of it as a separate country. Mm. And then I, the first African country, basically, that I visited was Uganda. Okay. And I, were, I just fell in love with it. With it. Well, I say the country. I was only in Kampala and Entebbe, but I assume the rest of the country is awesome as well. Yeah. Um, so we went there and it was just awesome. And I absolutely loved it. And then the year after that, we went to Ghana... Also, absolutely loved it. Just fell in love with the place. And we went to Tanzania. And then the Africa Center for Scholarship also contacted me and said, would I like to do workshops? Because they have a joint school and they collaborate with different African universities. So through them, I went back to Uganda, um, Kenya, um, Rwanda, I can't remember the others. And but what? Because you said the year that uh, people in poorer countries working well together, almost uh, there's yeah. a better sense of community there. I think there's. And a, I wanted yeah. to talk to you about that because um, I work with predominantly mm. black people. Yes. So I would say the last four years, ninety. Mm. 7% of the people I work with are black mm. and that's uh, either and I would say within that demographic mm. I would say 50% are Zimbabwean and mm. 40% are Malawian and then the other part is either Congolese or Kosa, mm. uh, not really but yeah. a little bit okay. and I that's grew good. up with people from Senegal because oh, nice. I played African drums, djembes, as, yes. a, as a kid and uh, the only people that could teach me were yeah. the Senegalese and they are just really good at it it's almost yes. like uh, uh, Brazilians at football or soccer yes, yes. and um, so I grew up from a young age with African mm. culture and I realized it's different from South African black culture yes. and just South it African culture yeah. uh, certain parts yes. and um, I don't know I just find it yeah. interesting going to other countries but it's the yes. same with like white English versus South African yes. white you know it's yeah. just that we're not all the same, same yeah. but you said that you went to a few countries and it seems that they are working mm. well together they despite are. the fact that they are poorer than maybe we are it also depends on how you see poor because Ghana is actually their economy is a lot stronger than South Africa's okay. um, they have free education from sub A up to doctoral level mm. So there, and, but there is also that sense of community and togetherness. Uganda, I had a student who was very offended um, that I can't remember who defined poverty as the World Bank or someone like that, that they define poverty as living on less than a dollar a day. Mm. Uganda has, so according to those parameters, Uganda would be considered poor. But he said they're not poor because everyone is fed. What was absolutely amazing about Uganda... The first thing I noticed when I got out of the airplane was the smell. Mm. It was it's it was the it was just you could smell the water and the soil and it's this rich soil. It's almost black. It's okay. it's so so these these fruit and vegetables growing wild. No one goes hungry because you walk to work and you just pluck whatever you want to eat. 
and the fruit and the vegetables are massive. So he said they're not poor because everyone is f- is f- is is full. They they have enough food. And what I also saw in Uganda is the how many people take care of the orphans. Okay. It's a big thing. It seems in Uganda that they take care of orphans. So and there is there this a- strong sense of community. And why are there Everywhere. a lot of orphans? I have no idea. I was wondering the same thing. I was I was surprised. Or I thought maybe there aren't more orphans there than at other countries. Just their people are more adamant about taking care of them. Okay. Every single person I spoke to were taking care of orphans. Mm. Um, so I'm not sure if they have more orphans or whether they are just very adamant about taking care of orphans. Because something that's become... I've become aware this last year, mm. and I, I a lot of uh, mm. uh, of my gaining information starts yes. with joking about something, yes, and then realizing, or then we talk about it. For yes. example, a lot of my Zimbabwean mm. students will say, "I have to go back to Zimbabwe because someone died," but they yeah. use it as an excuse not to go to work, and then uh, they think that you're you won't know. I wouldn't ask them for a death certificate, yes. but because my brother died when I was. 30 and he was 32 and i had to go register his death certificate and blah blah it's like i know the process when someone dies it's a big process and i understand everything so and here there's a big thing of now someone in my family dies i wouldn't be able to come to work for two weeks i'm going to back to zimbabwe i joked one day i'm like there's no old people in zimbabwe oh no because they all die like i always have (laughs) staff that's going home yeah but then we found like through talking to a lot of the Mm. shauna people i'm like the life expectancy is between 45 to 60 like you You must have felt so bad you don't know (laughs) (laughs) it seems that the life expectancy for shorter people from what they tell me is 45 to 60 and i'm like it's crazy to think that we're in my culture white afrikaans culture i i would think that i would live to about 80 to 90 yes it's crazy to think that it's almost half if you think 45 And I don't know if Uganda, uh, they mm. have, or these countries have better survival rates. Uh, I have no or idea. Or life they expectancy. Might, might have better life. I have no idea. I've never really looked into it. Mm. Um, there's also, there's always something special about each of the places where I go in Uganda. They are definitely very fond of children. Mm. Um, you'll often see people, or maybe I should first tell you this. One of my colleagues who went with me the first time. She's a petite blonde woman and she dresses very funky and she's just awesome and outspoken, but she looks quite young Mm. because she dresses so funky and she, people kept stroking her head and we thought it's because she's blonde and she's white. So they're finding it strange now that, but I'm also blonde and I'm also white and no one's touching me. So I I asked one of, I have a friend in Uganda and we asked her, but why do why do people keep stroking red? And she said, it's because you dress so young. They think you're a child. So they're petting your head. And then I started noticing if, say, for example, um, a guardian or a parent is walking with a younger child and they meet someone in the street and they start talking, the child immediately moves their head to the side and the other adult strokes the child's head. They were just stroking children's head everywhere, heads everywhere, which is so sweet. There's an, an enormous amount of care and love for children that I saw in Uganda, which Mm. was just, it was beautiful. Um, So there's something special about each, each country I went to that. Mm. It's just, 
makes me want to go back again and again. And do you again. find Do you find it weird that South Africans don't really travel Africa? Because I am an yes, I'm I'm guilty. Yes, <laughs> I, I've not been to any African any country. country. Like I spent all the time with Africans, but I, I've seen more yes. European countries than African countries. I think it is odd that we don't explore. Hello. Oh, sorry, a cat came in. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, sweetheart. Want to sit on my lap? Sorry, uh, I'm very distracted by animals, so I, I, do, be, I do. If think she does does sit on your lap, then uh, my okay. my wife will be crying for years because oh, so the sorry. cat will, the oh. cat has never done that with her. <laughs> So, hey, sweetie. I did have a podcast with this one the other day where... He was on the computer. Okay, no. He no nearly got onto the computer. Your wife won't be sad, but you can sit in mine. And I had to, unfortunately, throw, throw the, the cat, cat out of the <laughs> screen. And I was like, oopsies. <laughs> but oh, I was sitting there. Shame. And, and she, because it was a heavy podcast, yes. and I nearly lost the whole thing. Oh, uh, no. So, I just quickly got rid of it. Anyway. Yeah. No, sorry. We were talking about... Not traveling, oh, not traveling in Africa. I do find it's odd. Could go back to people's innate racism. Because um, I had a discussion today like with Black Label. So I do oh, hospitality nice. training. And yes. I was like, I wonder if Afri South Africa is so racist but that Black travel. Label will never be able to be a massive beer like Castle Lager. Oh, because it's, it's a possible. Better, it's a better beer than Castle Lager. It is. And, um, and I'm like, and I said to them like, because I, I, so I have a foreign student and I'm like, when I grew up mm. as a kid, Black Label, you could only have black people in the advert, in the oh, commercial. Wow, yeah. I don't know if you remember that, but you just I have, can't remember it. It was just, and I was like, even Lucky Strike, I think, was advertised as a black cigarette. I don't know if oh, it was wow. because of uh, black people, know, yeah. the, the black American, but I was like, I wonder if we're mm. so racist or subtly racist mm. that Black Label will never be able to be this massive beer. Yes. Because I say to them, if people visit South Africa, yeah. Please tell them to try Castle Lager. It's the most famous South African beer. Yes. But a better one is Black Label. Black Label, yes. And even better or maybe different is Tafel Lager. But that's more going yeah. towards the European flavor yes. or uh, yes. palate. And I'm like, I find that really interesting. It could, be, it, could be, it could be racism because mostly people do travel, travel, travel more to European countries. But what I find interesting is, and, and people's responses, like my, my one family member who, when I told her I'm going to Uganda, her response was, Egh. I think, so, before, before I went to Uganda the first and time. she's never been there. She's never been there. So, also one of my colleagues told me, no, she hopes that I'm, I'll be okay in Uganda because her daughter was there and she was just miserable and was a horrible experience for her. We went to, I took my Mom on a train ride for her birthday. Mm. Um, I can't remember the train's name now. And we sat next to people who... Um, the man apparently also... He worked in Uganda. And I was like, oh, you're so lucky. And, and they, they were the most racist, horrible people. And they're talking about how horrible Uganda is. So I think people's perception of Africa is third world. And it's awful. And you shouldn't go there... It's just so skew. It's just so incorrect. Obviously, you have horrible poverty in every country, and you also have, you know, I don't trust. It doesn't matter who's in politics. I don't trust any of them. But yeah. the people that you mingle with every day are just amazing. Mm. So I. Th 
I think people have this misconception of Africa because once I started, uh, when I, once I came back and I went on and on about how awesome it is to travel in Africa, all of a sudden I have people asking if they can help me present the workshops because they also want to go to the African countries. I'm like, yeah, no, it's mine. I'm not giving you any of these. <laughs> this is all my workshops. <laughs> I want to go there. Once I'm so old, I can't get on a plane, then you can go, yeah, but yeah, other, yeah. rather. Because I have no interest in going to Europe mm. because I've been to San Francisco once. And it was the first time off the continent. And I hated it because I had no idea what the people were saying. They're speaking English. And I don't know what they're saying. I understand the accent, but I don't understand the context. Yeah. And they're rude. And I was very shocked to see so many white people in one place. I was like, what happened? I don't understand. This is uncomfortable and weird. Mm. And um, I think on that topic, yeah. like when I lived in Poland for two mm. years, it was, it was awkwardly white. It, yes, I like that. Awkwardly white. It, yes. It's like, I, I think it was like the first month I stood on the street and I would say like, it took me a while to mm. realize what made me feel awkward. And yes. I'm like, there's no black people. Yeah, it's and then very weird. I got a, <laughs> I, I, you would see literally once a month, once every two yeah. months, you randomly see a black guy and I would go to, I'll be like, dude, yes. I'm also from Africa. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I but it's got very a, disconcerting if you're used to seeing a street look a certain way and you go and you go, I don't, I don't understand what's going on here. And there's maybe some people mm. that would listen to me like, fuck yeah, I want to be there. <laughs> and we're like, cool, dude, cool, go there. Yeah, like, if, that, if that's what, uh, bizarre, if that's what yeah. you like. But it is quite weird yeah. just visually. Yes. It's like um, I grew up in Stellenbosch, and I don't know if anyone's been to Stellenbosch, there, but you always see a mountain as a backdrop. Yes. So when I went to London, it wasn't awkward because there were I lived in central London, mm. so you couldn't see the horizon. Uh, okay. But once I lived in Warsaw, it was weird that you can't see a mountain anywhere. Oh, to me, it was the other way around. I grew up in Namibia and everything's flat. Okay. So I got to here and I'm like, you can't see anywhere. How do you know where you're going? Because there's mountains everywhere. Mm. And I, you can't see anywhere. And the amount of green made me feel a little bit nauseous because of like, that's there's too much. Yeah. And the first time it rained, typical Namibian, I was ecstatically happy and two weeks later i was like yeah i'm done i'm yeah. over this everything's wet nothing is dry i'm miserable it's cold it's not it's not the right kind of rain <laughs> but it was that was the other way around seeing a mountain the yeah. whole time was where's very, the desert why is it so far yes, away <laughs> yeah like where's the sand don't you have sand and i got mugged but they didn't get my handbag but i instead of yelling at them i was yelling at how pissed off i was that they weren't rocks mm. that i could throw at them and i ah. kept yelling if i was in Namibia, there would be rocks for me to throw <laughs> and there's only grass like Ugh. yeah no, i don't have weapons lying around that is so funny but i think like i'm i'm trying to think like why was it awkwardly white because i think in portugal mm. you have a wider variety of ethnicities yes. in italy yeah. In France, yes. it's a little bit more mixed. Yes. Where Eastern Europe is, yeah. it's a white part yeah. of Europe. So it's it's quite weird. Mm. Uh, but I had a Kenyan friend and uh, I would hang out with him every now and again. Yes. Uh, just and to get a taste of And I of could home. just talk to him a little bit. Yeah. And I went to, um, but I went to Charleston in South Carolina mm. in America. And I thought, I'm going to the South. Yes. I'm so going to see a bunch of black people. You didn't. You had to go look for them. Well, it yes. felt 
it felt so weird where I got into Charleston mm. airport and the only black people mm. I saw were working behind the counters yeah. and all the people in front leaving the airplane yeah. were white. And then after about a week to two weeks there, mm. I'm like, I'm not really seeing any black people. So I was at a meeting uh, and I said to mm. the one guy, your accent's really cool. Where are you yes. from? It's like, I'm actually from this area. I'm like, dude, where's all the black people? He's like, <laughs> Well, you're in you the rich neighborhood here. So, yeah. And he's they, like, they still have kind of a tacit segregation that exists in the States. So it was I weird. Think. So I went to, he's like, I'm going to go introduce you to a couple of black guys. and the, <laughs> Or like black people in the neighborhood yes. and blah, 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 blah. And I went crab fishing on the oh, bayou. Nice. And, and I said to the guys, like, I don't know if you understand it. It's a, And it was weird mm. for me to go have this weird conversation where I'm like, because I find it weird, this term African-American. Yes. Um, because I feel that terms doesn't allow me to be African in yeah. a way. And yes. I'm like, I'm more African than you because I was, I've spent, I was born here. Yes. I spent my whole life here, yeah. you know, and, and it's like, it's like, I don't associate as a European in mm. any way, but I've recently come to understand that some of my challenges in life is because my thinking is a bit European. Yeah. You can't get away from no. our thinking. Yeah, it, uh, yeah. Inevitably comes from a certain yes. place. But I said to the guys, like, it's so cool to see black people because I've been here for like yeah. fucking two weeks and I haven't seen, seen any, any. And I thought I and came to the weird. South. And then I can't dig that. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, this, found they, could, they had this weird way of talking. I was like, so cool. And um, it's yeah, it's just weird to to be in countries that you that don't. are very white. Yeah, because I don't find that same strangeness when I go to the other African countries. There, it's very weird to see white people. Is it? But it never, it didn't, it never felt wrong or weird. It felt normal and fine, which was funny because when um, we went to Ghana. We were having lunch in the department head's office and there was a film crew that were filming parts of the workshops and we only heard about the film crew and that they'll be filming us and income people and people came in, um, the film crew to have lunch with us and my friend, we're all, all the presenters are white, which is also a bit awkward, but my friend leaned over to me, the one whose head gets stroked, she leaned over and she said, they're white. Like I saw, we were so shocked <laughs> to see a white film crew. We were like, this is so bizarre. And then one of our other colleagues, Leslie, said, you're white too, you know? <laughs> like, yes, we know, but this is just weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It's like, I don't know if you've been to Mtata in the Eastern Cape. No. But that was weird for me. Like, I got raised, listen, I got raised... I thought I was at the lowest spectrum of middle class. Yes. And then since traveling the world, I'm you like, realize. I got raised in the top 10% yes. of everything. Yes. Even if I, comp like, listen, I got mm. compared to rich cats here in Stellenbosch. Yes. I was super rich. <laughs> like, yes. Uh, it's the, and uh, compared to them, yes, it's mm. the lowest spectrum of middle class. But then you go to, yeah. so I got raised with, this is normal. Mm. And I went to Mtata once, which is in the Eastern Cape. And yes. I was like, I feel like I'm in fucking Africa. For yeah, the first, first time, time in my life, yeah. I was like... And there it's almost like weird to see a yeah. white person. Yes. We, we just drove through the town yeah. on our way to Transkei on holiday. Yes. And I'm like, ah, okay, yeah. it makes sense now. This is a different world around yeah. here. And I was like, this is quite cool, actually. Mm. Like, it's so far removed from what I'm used to. Yes, yes. Now, I think South Africa is a weird mixture of Africa and Europe. Hmm. And I think so, you mentioned the people who don't travel in Africa. I don't think they even travel in so South Africa that much. They go to other 
white places. Yeah, but I'm also guilty. Listen, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm If I didn't have here, the, Yes. I'm guilty. <laughs> like, I went yeah. to Plettenberg Bay on holiday. Like, <laughs> I went to Nysna on holiday. I went to France, Kroll and Hermanus. Like, I'm one of those. So, yeah. again, I would... Listen, if I didn't play African drums, mm, you, I would have yeah. been the same. Like, my parents did raise me differently with, mm. like, you can't be racist. Yes. But there's this movie called The Help. I don't know if you've ever seen I've this. I've not seen it yet. I still want to see it. It's quite oldish. It's yes. about I cried that whole oh. movie. I went on a date with my wife and she was my girlfriend at that point in London and we mm. watched this movie and I'm I'm not lying to you. Yeah. I cried this whole movie. Oh. And she didn't understand it because she doesn't <laughs> know black people. She never yeah. met them. So and, she was why is this And yeah. I was just like, you know, yeah. My our gardener, yeah. he worked for my father mm. and he worked for my grandfather yeah. and he always had a separate cup. He yes. had separate cutlery. It's ridiculous. He had a separate toilet and Yeah. And my parents were like the advanced yes. liberals and I don't know, it just that's the way I got raised. Again, mm. no right or wrong, yeah. but I got raised like that. Mm. And if I didn't play African drums, I wouldn't have hung out with that black exposure. people. Yeah. And I wouldn't have known Muslim culture. Yes. I wouldn't have known the Rastafarian yeah. culture, real Rastafarians, yes. Yes. real coloreds, yeah. uh, and all of that. So I'm lucky I by mm. accident. So I don't want to sit here and judge. No, no. Because I understand that it's yeah. not always racism. It's sometimes it's Ooh. just... There's a motorbike outside. Okay. <laughs> uh, sometimes it's just you weren't exposed to something. No. So if yeah. it's almost like if you've never had a curry, you can't blame someone if their eyes are watering when they have curry. Yes. So if you put someone suddenly between yeah. a certain culture and they feel awkward, yeah. you can't blame, blame them on both sides here. Absolutely. No, I agree. And it's also if I didn't, if if I wasn't by the nature of my work, if if the university weren't sending me to all these, I, I would not have, I would not have had that experience. So I, ex, I feel I'm very blessed. Although even before that, my dream has always been to just take a year off, get a really old Toyota Hilux Bucky, and travel travel up <laughs> Africa, hitting as many countries as I can, and then traveling back, going through the other countries. So I've always wanted to travel Africa. I've never really been interested in the other continents i'm like mm. i don't know what they have i don't which is probably racist on my part as well i have a colleague oh one of my <laughs> colleagues she always says selena you're racist towards white people and i go but they deserve it <laughs> but <laughs> they don't <laughs> and it's <laughs> and uh, trying to understand where people come from as well but it's yeah um oh, what do i want to say so i wouldn't have had that opportunity to have those those experiences mm. um on the other hand, I, I have very few white friends. It's just... But is it, yeah. is it what I had in London in the sense of I went to London to have new experiences? So I mm. made a point that if you were South African yes. and I heard you on the train, I would say nothing. Yes. Because I was scared you wanted to talk to me and wanted to be my friend. And yes. And you, you didn't want friends from South Africa. You wanted friends. You could have been the most gorgeous girl in the yeah. woman. As soon as I heard you South African, I would not be yeah. interested. And I would take an uglier girl, but she's a foreigner. Yes. <laughs> so it's a bit like... Um, yeah. So self-critical. Mm. Is it the element of that, that you're so self-critical and you stay away from that? Or it is might it be, something like... Um, 
It's it's I think it's part of being self-critical and critical of your own culture, but also I never really fit in. Okay. So I think I never fit into Afrikaans culture and and it's but and I still don't fit in and, and I don't find points of connection f- with people from my own culture. Mm. Um and and I usually feel judged and excluded. So then I just don't bother. So you say to... not all your peers were listening to heavy metal and watching the exercise. No, they wouldn't. <laughs> that would be, it would still be weird for some of my friends, although the friends that I have now are just freaking awesome. So um, Rose and Astrid, you know Astrid, you know, we are Dragula fans. And, yeah, so let's just um, give a shout out to Astrid. Hey Astrid. <laughs> and to Rose. Rose is still talking about Dragula. Astrid and I created a monster <laughs> with, yeah, she's, that's all. So, and also, yeah, but I don't have the friends that I have. We have the same values mm. and things, and we have connection points that I don't have with with people from my, many people from my own culture. Yeah, and I think part of it is it's not that the people from my own culture is a, are bad people. Most of the times, they're not even aware of their own racism, and they don't like to be called out on it. And as I've been raised, I don't stay quiet. So I immediately lose friendships. Mm. And then it's just easier to be friends with people of color. Yeah. And with most, a lot of my friends are also Muslim. Just they don't judge me. Um, and we, ha- we have the same values. And yeah. They, and I constantly have to be aware of my own racism as well. I constantly have to think, is, this, you- is what I'm thinking and saying, is that, can that be construed as racist? Um, how uh, yeah I have to constantly be aware of of because the, the that inter- underlying possibility the yeah. interesting thing is like stereotypes yes it's, it's not real <laughs> yeah but it is yes but it's the <laughs> way- I'm not talking about my own culture as if it's a, an homogenous <laughs> culture with one type of person in it which it's not but I read this interesting article uh, on the Guardian the other day about a guy that's about 55 he is a British guy but he's a black British guy okay. I think so and I think a lot of black British uh, citizens are from the Caribbean background oh, okay. and he said he realized the racism or the subtle racism where he died, he went on a lot of dates where mm. the women were like I want to see if black men are really as oh, good in bed yeah, as treating them as objects but not as a human type being type of thing yeah. so, and I was like that's what I, I, I thought I just that was interesting yeah. but again it's it's interesting to think of uh, am I stereotyping? Mm. Listen, I am fucked up. I am <laughs> retarded. I do make a lot of mistakes. Yes. I am unconsciously racist, and there are certain things I like more and certain things yeah. I don't like more. I think it's just that. Um, I think a good way to maybe look at it is given that you would spend time with this human for a month and you stuck on an island with them, at Mm. the end of the month, will you see them as an equal? Yeah. And if not, then you're probably racist. And if you see them as an equal, you've overcome certain cultural barriers and... Yes. Because it's very weird, this racist yeah. verse. Because the r- thing I wrote down here is that you said with your friends that doesn't, don't or doesn't realize, mm. fuck, if we had to transcribe my podcast and look <laughs> at my grammar, I wonder sometimes. No, don't worry. My grammar sometimes falls completely flat. When I write, it's fine. When I talk, I go like, yeah, that was wrong. 
But okay, we'll just... So my challenge is I speak Afrikaans, mm. I speak English, but I'm predominantly English, but my Afrikaans fucks up my grammar in English. Oh, and okay. And then sometimes I try to speak Polish to my wife, and then oh, that messes, messes up. up. And then at work I try to speak Kosa, and then suddenly I'm <laughs> Everything like... Everything just becomes... And they all work like a little yeah. bit. If people don't know that they're racist... Or they do certain behavior that is racist. Does that make them? Does that absolve them no. of their behavior? Because people need to think. Okay. Um, like in the in the meeting where they used words like minorities and those people, really nice, nice people who use the terms. They were completely unaware of how it translates. One of them said to me she wasn't referring to black people. She was referring to um, to to deaf people. I said, so calling deaf people minorities is okay? And she was like, oh, I, I don't know. And I was like, but just think, think. If you're constantly thinking and critiquing, um, it doesn't absolve them. There's an expectation that people should think for themselves, or at least mm. maybe I'm too harsh, but I expect people to think for themselves. I expect people to to listen um because oftentimes my black colleagues or um, people of color would stay quiet because they feel it's not worth saying anything because they're going to get the people aren't going to listen to them they're just going to try and defend their racism by claiming they're not racist and that what they're saying is not racist that refusal to acknowledge mm. um that that that's why I said the the more subtle racism is worse than overt racism. Because it's more difficult to, to make people see that what they're saying is and thinking and the way they're behaving is not okay. Mm. And that they have to critically think about their behavior and, and language. So the, the question I have, what exactly about the word minorities makes it offensive? Well, black people aren't minorities but in like, South Africa. Oh, so oh the, the, but with the deaf people. So for, because the deaf people, they are, it's a small yes, group. Yes, it is a small community. But if you, I'm just trying to say, yeah. let, let's say, for let's example, say, yeah. someone's listening. Yes. I'll give my two cents in a second. <laughs> you but can. Let, let's say someone's listening yes. and they're like, but what do you mean it's offensive it's to call black people minority, which in South Africa they're not? Yes. But let's say you talk about... Deaf people. Let's say you talk about a certain demographic within a demographic, then you might call black people a minority. Yeah. Uh, but so it, at our work, they're definitely a minority because yeah. university hardly reaches BE level. Yeah. It's, it's on the lowest level, so it's not really... But talking yeah. about deaf people, they are a minority. They are, yes. Or why can't we just call them a small group? A small group would be better. <laughs> I think mon words have connotations and meanings. A mon minority has the connotation of there's a dominant group that you have to conform to. And then you have a minority that the, it's the difference between integration and inclusion. We include you, but we keep you in your little separate bubble. We're the, we're the majority. We decide everything and you have to conform to us. But um, so calling them a small group or just calling them deaf people. They don't have a problem with being called deaf people. It's because it's a they, whole culture and it's a <laughs> Because they can't hear you, so they don't That could be <laughs> that could be one of the reasons they don't have a problem with that. But um so it's not as bad as calling black people a minority. Mm. Um it's terrible doing that in a, in South Africa, but um 
Because where does intent come into this whole thing? Because I think with... Uh, with now it gets philosophical. No, but it's, <laughs> yes, it's a, yeah. I think it's a valid point because yes. I, like, I am super critical yes. of everyone. And my wife will tell you the person I'm most critical of is myself. Yes. I hold myself to the highest regard and the smallest mistake I beat myself yeah. up. So if people listen to this and they're like, Jesus, this guy's a fucking dick. <laughs> be like, don't worry, I'm a dick to myself. Self, yes. I, I <laughs> you can, you ha- you've got this. <laughs> So please, if I if I say anything, just be aware. But yeah. I don't want to bash people no. that they have to have intent to be raised. I'm not saying there needs no, to be intent. No, Some people are just subtly oblivious. And naive, like you said. And naive. Yeah. And if you had to point it out to them in a nice way, because mm. I know this, my yes. wife is one of those. She does yeah. something and I told her a few times mm. bluntly, not cool. Yeah. And then she'll be indignant in the sense that how do you dare you think yes. I had any bad intention? intention? Yes. And I'll be like, well, what you did was not cool. It's like, yeah, but you're working from the point that I did it on purpose. Purpo- yeah. I didn't know that in your culture that's not acceptable. Yes. And she had, she taught me that being Eastern European is something. There's yes. a different way of doing yes. shit. And thinking and so intent yeah. for me comes into play yes. sometimes. Yeah. But it's not an excuse the second or third time. I don't know yeah. what's your take on it. I agree with you. I think in, one has to take into consideration intent. Um the problem is even though there is there intention to be inclusive and kind or is there intention to show people how, um, you know, kind of that, that help Africa mentality? Mm. Like, look at how, what a good white person I am. I'm going to help, in a patronizing way, I'm going to help these poor Africans. The intent isn't bad, but the intent isn't pure either. either. It's the intent is a mixture of I want to help, but also I want to... I'm going to show what a good person I am. Uh, and the moment you call someone out on it, they need that indignation. Uh, they need to let go of that and they need to listen to the people who tell them that's not okay and why it's not okay. One thing I do do, I'm very, very harsh with with my own people. I'm really unforgiving. And I know, I have a friend who's, the way I, I'm always astounded at how gently and kindly and beautifully she goes around with racists and homophobes and she wins them over Mm. i go my words are more like a smack against the head and it has no effect so my calling out people isn't very effective yeah hers is a lot more she changes behaviors but i get angry and so yeah, I need I, to work on that. Yeah, well, I listen to uh, if I don't know if people know Joe Rogan Experience. It's a, another. It's a guy from America that does a podcast, and he and mine is a little bit yeah based on his. You get people and you talk yes. for two three hours, and he had a guy on that. He it's a black guy, a musician, and he's got over. It's about two hundred people to leave the KKK. Mm. 
by just being cool to oh, them. Oh, wow. And having a conversation with them and becoming their friend and slowly yeah. showing them, but he's not an animal. Mm. So you can search Joe Rogan uh, definitely convincing to leave the KKK. Something oh, if you nice. type that in and you're going to get a guy yes. that explains how he's yeah. convinced people. Yes. And, and they are different. I think the phrase is there's different ways to skin a cat. Yes. It's a horrible <laughs> phrase, but yes, there is. <laughs> and I think mine... Someone to told me once, and I read this in a book, it's a, a book called Alcoholics Anonymous. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> and uh, they, uh, there's a, there's a, uh, they say in that book, if, if you are angry at someone, mm. you are to blame. Yes. Because you allow them to make you angry. Mm. And a lot of times mm. I think I call people retards and I'm like, but the re biggest retard is me because yeah. I allow these people you to upset me. Yeah. And I'm like, what is my goal for voicing my opinion? Mm. And is the way I'm going about it accomplishing my goal? And yeah. most of the time I would say no. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm like, I hope that uh, yeah. at some point I become more mature yeah. in certain ways. <laughs> but I also say there, there are people like necessary like me. I agree, yes. We need the diversity of people that yes. just harshly call you a cant. Yes, <laughs> and, and sometimes you need someone to just shock you out of your complacency and thing. Also, I think because of the way I grew up, I constantly had to fight. So I'm permanently in fight mode. I don't know how to be in a different mode. And I went to a workshop where ugh, they asked the question, so what makes you get up in the morning? And my answer was sheer rage, anger. Because I know... <laughs> There's going to be some crap and I'm going to have to fight. So I wake up angry. Um, but that kept me going. So granted, I burnt out. So I don't think it kept me going that well. But it kept me going for 10 years. So uh, thank you. I, uh, interesting thing because it, it's something for me. I've lost a lot of anger this last few years. That's and awesome. The problem Thanks. with that is it's been a big driving force in my life. Yeah, it gets uh, you up, it keeps you going. A lot of the things I've accomplished has been in the process or in the form of showing a middle finger to people. Yes. So, for example, my university degree. Like, yes. I, <laughs> I went and they like, if you didn't get a B or an A average uh, or this or that, then it will probably take you four years to get your degree. So, it was a bit like, like I'll show you. you. Yes. And I didn't go to my classes and I still got my you still degree. still got your degree. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. Go to your classes. Listen, I went... Go to your classes. Shh. If no, I didn't go to at least half of my classes over three years. <gasps> and I still got. That. If you want to know how to Jippo Stellenbosch University, you come talk to me. I went to all my classes. Go to all your classes. I didn't cheat on any of the exams. Which is good. But um, <laughs> you don't need to go. To, but... Uh, Psychological yes, tests will show that my intelligence is above average. Yes, I'm pretty much. sure of that. After you that, much. you couldn't go. But uh, <laughs> I also have. Uh, I have. I'm a bit like a rat. I will find a way through the maze. Yes, whether I, it's chewing through the maze I'm instead tenacious of or climbing and over. And I'm very stubborn. I don't know yes. how to fail. And yes. And I wrote a lot of second mm. rewrites. Uh, the rewrites. Uh, okay, I had one yes. so you learned exam, from the. You know, yes. I don't know, but I don't know why we went down this road. Uh, but um, we're talking about rage, getting us oh, yeah. up in the morning. You're so a lot of the, even my podcast, in a way, is um, 
it's a form of rebelliousness yeah. because I got into heavy metal as a young oh, kid. Nice. I think I was 10 years old and my mm. brother introduced me to Metallica. Oh. And then I got introduced to Korn. Uh, I was a oh, really nice. big Korn fan. And then later it became a, a Rage Against the Machine. Yes. And then it got a bit too like Slipknot and things. Yes. And a big part of my life has been rebelliousness yeah. or rebellion. And um, even my podcast, I'm like, what's the he So in the, the young me... Mm. Dreadlocks, dodgy yes. beard, pants hanging low, and heavy metal. Yes. That was my rebellion. As a uh, more mature adult, a podcast is my form of rebellion. Yeah. It's me expressing my thoughts and feelings. And by talking to people mm. like you, it helps me to channel that and put it out mm. to the world. And I, it's, a, it's a healthier form of rebellion. And yeah. even my... Um, my exercise, everything's based on anger. And since yeah. losing a lot of my anger, yeah. I'm not as productive. Oh, that's because, interesting. Yeah. And I'm like a bit more, not sloth-like. I feel yeah. lazy, but it's just because I had so much anger. Yes. I need to exercise three hours a day. And it's like uh, yeah. this and that. And, and I need it to... It drives you, that adrenaline. And since yeah. losing it, it's like, well, maybe I should start having kids because I have love. You know? Yes, like, I have that too. I don't have just anger. <laughs> it's like I like spending time with yes. my animals. You know, let me grow uh, a plant yes. and a garden. And it's like I had to find out mm. new ways to inspire and motivate motivate mm. me and get me out of bed yeah but now there's uh, some negativity since this mm. trauma of a couple of weeks ago i'm oh. back at kickboxing yeah and i'm back Trying at like protect myself yes. and it's a fascinating yeah. thing this anger channel it in the a, right yes. way i had a therapist who said anger is just a masking emotion for fear exactly so because yeah so it's because of your trauma now you're Doing kickboxing to try and defend yourself because you feel attacked. The, and what scares yeah. me most is my willingness to inflict damage to someone in order to save another person. Yes. It terrifies me that yeah. I'm willing to do it. And I was yeah. waiting to do it. Yeah. And I am super grateful that through my security yeah. training that I got in London okay. and being yeah. very obsessed with the army, I dealt with the... <laughs> I dealt with the situation without actually having to put myself within 10 meters of the individual. Oh, wow. But it terrified me that I yeah. was willing to go there. I think that's also why I'm so harsh with people from my own culture, that I'll inflict pain on them in order to defend people I consider my friends and closer. I've, I'm closer to them than I am to people from my own culture. Mm. So in order to defend them, I have to hurt this other person um, emotionally and verbally mm. so that yeah and I, I know what you're saying yeah and, mm. and definitely behind a lot of my anger mm. is insecurity like listen I yeah. I am this guy and a lot yes. of people look at me and they judge me very quickly yes. they pigeonhole me as yeah. whatever and it's like you know what I feel a bit like crying today yes because <laughs> I nearly chopped someone's leg off with a panga a week ago and, yes. I, and i'm like i would do it but i would go to therapy for the rest it's of my a, life yes. because of it and yeah. it's like people judge me on the way i look and i'm like i've a lot i'm just for some reason there is yeah. a lot of insecurity there is a lot of fear and mm. a lot of times 
behind my angry sadness. Yeah. Let's say, for example, my relationship with my brother. If I'm angry yeah. with him or, mm. or about something, it's because I'm sad that it's not what I want it to yeah. be or what it could have been. Yes. If I'm angry with South Africa, which I am, it's yeah. because I love this place. Yes, and you want it to be good you know what i mean yes. so a lot of my anger is sadness mm. it, it's just the it's way that it comes a, out and helps you cope with the fear and sadness yeah but it's uh, it's harder to be sad than to be um angry, angry. it angry. is anger anger gives you a false sense of yeah. power it's easier to smoke crack than go to therapy <laughs> yes <laughs> don't smoke crack <laughs> I feel like we need to add like little <laughs> blurbs. I have been trying to be a bit more chill, but I have noticed that I'm not as productive as I used to be, but I am more relaxed. Mm. And um, after the burnout, I really have no fucks left to give. I have mm. none. Work has taken every fuck I have, and there's none left. Yeah. And for me, some people went like, oh, that's sad because you're so passionate about your work. I said, I'm still passionate about it. I just don't care anymore. Yeah. And that's actually a good space to be because I care too much. And now I'm like, eh, whatever, until I get really angry and then I go, all oh, hell bitch on the asses again. <laughs> but you know what's weird with uh, like this podcast? I didn't really have an idea, but I had an idea. We're going to talk about language and culture, but we're talking about like, it's basically like a therapy session, <laughs> but I'm loving it. I'm Me like, too. How many times? And I don't really know her. I met her for two hours <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> a month ago. And we just, this is what I do my mm. podcast because where else would you have this environment mm. where you can just can talk just like talk. this? But, yeah. um, uh, sorry, my brain's just, uh, rapid firing, but, um, I just gonna eat a complete blank. Oh no, that's I'll try to think of something. Um, it's just uh, <laughs> the, talking about this whole anger stuff. It's just mm. it's, it's fascinating. Um, it's very weird for me to see as an adult. It's mm. also weird. Like I'm 35. Yeah. So it's a bit like it's dad age. Yes. <laughs> and uh, without all this anger, it's like. I love walking on the park oh, with my cats. Yes. I love spending time with the dogs. And yeah. it's weird not having it, this anger. Anger. But it's coming back quite easily. Oh, joy. Yeah, you spend two, two minutes in traffic and mm -mm, I'm yelling mm -mm. at people and throwing signs and screaming. And then at the same time, I'm letting everyone who wants to come in, let them in kindly. Yeah. And then when someone doesn't use their indicator, then I scream at them and then I tell the pedestrian you can go Hi. <laughs> it's like like driving with with multiple personality disorder it's just it's weird to see the place we live like my uh, mm. um my therapist told me you're just living in the wrong town it's not yes. the most spiritual town no and i and i said to him the sad part is stellenbosch i'm like mm. Eighth generation Stellenbosch. Yes. This is my home. Mm. It's not like I can just be like, oh, I don't like Stellenbosch. And Let me fucking leave. go to Grabo yeah. or, yes. or yeah. like Swakop Munt or yeah. something. I'll probably be happier there, but it does. it's not my house. Yes. And I think it's reconciling mm. what's house. And there's this weird thing of life that just things change. Yeah. Like this Harvey Weinstein thing. I don't know if oh, you follow Lord. it. I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> this fucker just got sentenced to 23 years in prison. I hope he spends all 23 in prison. But you know what's hilarious? Not well, really hilarious. Yes. <laughs> but then the mitigating factors were... 
but he's been so successful. They literally said, because of his achievements, can we maybe give him a couple of years less? I get so angry like that has nothing to do with the issue. It makes me, I get livid with that. I'm like, oh, that shame, he's sick. He's not sick. I'm pretty sure he's pretending. And even if he isn't and he really is sick, he didn't give a crap about his victims. Oh, it just pisses me off so much. Yeah, so... Really makes me angry again. Yeah, just very interesting. Mm. Very interesting. Um, Heavy metal. I want to talk about that uh, because I don't know how many people I'm going to speak to that actually likes (laughs) Likes heavy heavy metal. I think when people look at me, they don't think... Heavy metal. No, I not think, at all. I think of Baba Maul and Nurukane and some other yes, African some, artists. Or some <laughs> classical music. That's what, because I studied music as well. So people immediately assume. And I didn't really listen to metal at school because at that time we were still at, at, in Christian churches and metal was from the devil. Although I remember we went to... They still had felt school. I don't know if you had to go through that. No. Oh, it was awful. I was... When were you born? 1979. So I'm only five years older than you. Six years. I was 85. 85. Okay. Yeah. I'm 1st of January. So I'm oh, already, okay. So I'm you're already, you're already oh, you're a New Year's baby now. I'm, I'm next week. Okay. Uh, where I turn 41. <laughs> so this is like if, if people listen to this podcast, mm-hmm. which I always say no one is listening to the podcast. And especially if they do listen. I'm like, going to send the link to everyone and congratu- see how many friends I've left. <laughs> Congratulations if you've reached this point at 95 <laughs> minutes. But um, it's weird for me how I don't really associate people that were born the years that you mm. were, because you were this like failed school or whatever. Yes. We didn't have that in the oh, era that I was. And then five years later, I feel like anyone born in the nine the nineties yes. are a bunch of pussies. Oh. They're like, <laughs> don't say that. no one hardcore <laughs> were born in and. I've been training some people that's been born in the 2000s now. Oh, and my I'm like, God. And I'm and like, getting Jesus. younger and younger. I'm like, you're about to melt if I touch you, you little snowflake. Oh, I'm <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm just being no, harsh I'm just here. But it's, what I'm, I'm really just joking. <laughs> I know, not really, I but I am. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, kind of, but not quite. <laughs> but I don't really relate that much to people like uh, mm. 80 and, and, and lower. Yeah. And I don't really relate with people 90 and up. up. Yeah. Because 80 and lower were a bit mm. racist. But you <laughs> Slightly. Just, just a little bit. <laughs> and Not then much, 90 and up is a little bit um, soft at yeah. spirit. Yeah. Uh, I kind of like that about the people born in the 90s. Yeah. It's that gentle softness. Uh, I I'm going to get into trouble for this. <laughs> But I'm going to do it because maybe he won't listen this far. But the person I'm dating is actually quite a bit younger. He was born in the 90s. No way. I'm dead serious. Great awesome. I know. I had a, oh, God, I had a gay friend. And after I started dating this guy, I go to meet my gay friend for coffee. And he comes. And when I walk in, he stands up and loudly sings. He had a beer. He goes like, here's to you, Mrs. Robinson. I go like, shh. Shut up, go away. But um, in my defense, he lied about his age. He lied himself older, so not so you, my are fault. Are you saying he looks terrible for his age? No, he doesn't. Oh, God, it's getting worse and worse. Forget about that. He, but, but what I like about him is his gentleness and his kindness and softness. I like that about yeah, listen. his generation. <laughs> 
terrible. I really Let's hope he doesn't listen to this. The... I'm not sending him this podcast. Let's link. say you were born. Uh, I know I'm a millennial. So, and I, when yeah. I judge millennials, I'm judging myself. Yes. And as we've just listened, I am mm. very emotional. I'm not saying emotions no, are bad. No, no. I'm just saying when it gets the better of you. Mm. Yes. And I think when you are, it's one thing being naive. It's another thing just being fucking crazy and not in sync yes. with reality. Yes. It's like, yes, it would be nice if I considered your feelings. Yes. And it, I think the, the challenge is oh. today in mm. my classes, I mm. called my students a bunch of dumb motherfuckers. Oh, shit. And I paraphrase <laughs> now. Oh, God, And no. then it really offended the one girl. Okay. And well. then... And I was like, why? <laughs> what did I say? And then I explained to her, listen, I was giving class. Mm. I was asking you guys to do something. And, mm. you, and six of you, that's the class, mm. you all ignored me. Mm. And I told you from day one, my classes are slightly progressive. And I curse and I swear yeah. because a lot of you come from good families. And when you graduate here, you're going to work for chefs that speak dirty. Yes. So I've and told you I will do yeah, it. Yeah. But I said to her, what you were doing is you were ignoring me. Yeah. Which is rude. Yes. So what I do is as a more advanced teacher, I will offend you. To, to like short circuit yes, your brain, which you'll you be like, back. what the fuck just yes. happened? And I'm like, you gave attention for the rest of the class. <laughs> I was successful. Yes. I did it on, intentionally. <laughs> and you Shame. are unfortunately taking it personally. Yeah. And listen, it is not cool that I say <laughs> stuff like this. It's just, I grew up in an area when if you said that mm. it doesn't, it doesn't mean, she thought yeah. I actually am calling her dumb. And yes. she actually thought I'm calling her a dumb motherfucker. Yes. Which I was just like, come just on, using... guys and girls. <laughs> it's, no. You know what I mean? It and, is. And that's what I'm talking about. People that were born in that era. Yeah. That they're so delicate. Yes. I, I, understand. I hear and that. And I'm not saying yeah. that you're supposed to be slapping me and it's acceptable. No. But there's, there's, when we talk no. about balance. Yes. I yes. think the balance is out of sync. Yeah. And hopefully their children will realize their parents are a bunch of pussies. <laughs> and that's Shame. why the fucking Germans took over. <laughs> I think the Germans are very careful about taking over this time. No, I'm joking. The Germans are going, no Trump, no Trump. <laughs> We're not falling for that trick again. <laughs> We've learned our lesson. <laughs> Shame. You know what I'm trying I to do say. I do know. Yes, I do. I'm trying yes. to be... Cutting the cake yes, delicately. Yeah. Yes, There's yes. good and bad in everything, yeah. and I, I think I was just, I was just raised in a bit more mm. of a, a harsher yeah. era, yeah. And I associate with it more because it's simpler. Mm. It was, uh, yeah. but I, I don't know. I find yeah. it super interesting. I, I do a bit of both. I'm immensely harsh with my colleagues, mm. and unforgiving, and direct, and brutal. And then with my students, I'm soft and kind and gentle. So it's just, yeah. And then you go home to your boyfriend that's also... Well, who's also soft and gentle. <laughs> and my animals who are soft. I mean, I have a Ridgeback who's supposed to be a lion hunter. She once protected a fly from the cats. So I'm like, oh, ah. wow. <laughs> You're... And, and one evening I heard something outside. And at that point, I only had the Ridgeback and the Pitbull. So, and they barked. And I stormed out, you know, thinking I'm looking really badass with a Ridgeback and a Pitbull. We didn't see anything. And I turned around and walked back, uh, back to my house. 
and I see my reflection in the window and it's like crazy here and I look slightly sleep deprived and deranged and two terrified dogs cowering behind me. I was like, yeah, you're useless. <laughs> like, what the hell? So, yeah, I have lots of gentle and kind beings in my life, yeah. <laughs> which I think is really good for me because I tend to be, mm-hmm. I can be really hard. Just intense. Yeah. I think that's probably yeah. a good word. Yes, I'm intense. I'm either very nice or really mean. Super chill out. I'm yeah. getting, obviously, the, the super chill out. Version. Yes, and I'm I've so been practicing this version a lot. <laughs> And I'm, 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 I can imagine probably because I'm exactly the same. Mm. Like when people see me on the podcast, they see this. Yeah. But they don't see um, the mm. the other side of me. And listen, mm. I, I think a lot of the times it it the storm is just inside me. Yeah. People don't necessarily get the. I don't swear at people. Yeah, I also don't swear at people. I, I it's saw this part meme. Of my vocabulary. Why can't I use? It's like. Someone sent a message on Facebook. It's, you're just sprinkling it, your sentences with a bit of aromat. Mm. Like it's just a bit of flavor. Maybe <laughs> you're adding. You're, I'm going to show you a little meme and I'll explain it to people. Oh, cool. Uh, um, that's uh, maybe listening or seeing this. I got this from my friend uh, and I told him I'm having a bit of a hard day. Oh. And uh, he sent me this. Okay. What's out there for? <laughs> Cunts on cunts everywhere, yes. It's, it's the scene of Lion King where little Simba is sitting with his father at the Circle of Life song. What's out there on the on the outskirts? And then his father, cunts on, cunts everywhere. It's true. I, I constantly have these these opposites inside me. So I, I firmly believe in the inherent goodness of people, that people are inherently good and kind. And, and then I also believe people are absolute assholes. And the human race should not exist anymore mm. so it goes from these these extremes but it's yeah but we are moving like uh, in the right direction as a, i think so as slowly as but if you yes. consider humans as a species yes we are moving in the better. right direction we sometimes take a few steps back but i think we are progressively going in the right direction one of mm. my theories of south africa mm is that it's a very young civilization. It is. And I think uh, there's certain... And a young democracy. There's certain growing pains that yeah. comes with just existing. Yes. I th- and But it's then you can also say the same for uh, America. Yeah. It's a very young... But then I'm like... But they're also not growing up quick enough. <laughs> yeah. But so I'm very harsh about the States as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, well, the thing for me about the States is there's... Is there more say? peace within the states than what there is within South Africa? And and I would I say no. I would say no. yes, but I would say if you look at white on black crime, yes, or black on white crime, or it's police versus, yeah. I would say probably worse in America. No, not. Well, I would say no. It's not better. Oh yeah, that it's worse in America. It's worse. Yeah. But um, my theory is just I just think my new phrase mm. is there's too many spices in the pot in South Africa. It could and, be. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Now, I told you the story when we met. I sometimes like to just piss off people for the sake of pissing them off. And I was attending a workshop and there were three of us sitting during lunch at the, at, at the table. So it's me and then one of my uh, a friend's friend who's a person of color and then a white woman across from me. And this, this one friend of a friend, we were talking about 
the awesome places in Africa. And I, I, I was talking about the hospitality of the people and the kindness and warmth and just how awesome it is. And the white woman said, yes, but our black people are different from other countries' black people. I'm like, oh, no. And I'm sitting there thinking, do I? Do I not? I was like, I said to her, yes, I agree. I said, I, what I've noticed, the big difference between other African countries and South Africa is that there's hardly any white people in the other African countries. I said, maybe South Africa would do people if, if there weren't any white people here. Mm. And the 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 woman sitting on my right she she spat her soup everywhere from laughing and the other one was so offended yeah and i was like you can't say things like that i will piss you off but you're right maybe there are too many spices maybe it, it gets a bit fucked up because there's so many racists here and if there's less white people there will be race, less racist i don't know yeah I, 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 it was a really simplified response and was purely to yeah. piss her off well listen um Would I agree that some of our black culture is slightly different from other black cultures? Maybe. Would Why is it difficult to say that if I could say wh- mm. white African is different from European yeah. white? No, absolutely. No, the so, only reason so, I did it was because but of what, she was, what she was implying. It's yeah. like the implication and you can't go there's there. a black monolithic black culture that doesn't exist. Yeah. I just think that, listen, it's quite simple. Mm. If... When I lived in Poland, there's one ethnicity, there's one religion, mm. there's one language. It's very easy to organize it. But it's not, isn't it boring? No, it is. But let's yeah. just talk about organization. Yes. yes. Organization yes. is easy when there's one thing going yes. on. And everyone has a rough framework that's similar. Mm. We all believe in, let's say, the concept of time. Because this is really, there's different variations of time. So in my background, 13 minutes past 12 and 25 seconds literally means 25 seconds, 13 minutes past 12. Well, if you say 12 o'clock to someone, it might mean 11 or... Yeah, especially in the Western Cape. We'll get together at 7 o'clock. I arrive at 7 o'clock and by 9 people start coming. So, yeah. So, even if you just take the concept of time Mm. and there's different interpretations of it, that creates chaos. It does. Because, and that creates a lot of emotion and frustration. That's just time. Yeah. Never mind love, respect, honesty, you know, blah, 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 blah. But Uh, those can be good as well. (laughs) Listen, it's it's a lot of fun. It's just not good for harmony. Chaos and harmony doesn't necessarily go Go together. together. I don't want to say it doesn't. Yeah. I'm just saying I, chaos I and harmony saying. doesn't necessarily They're go not together. Synonyms, yes. um, it's like saying that there's no one that listens to heavy metal that is uh, calm. Like I chill out when I listen to heavy me metal. Me too. It calms me down. I used yeah. to fall asleep to it, but yes. generally, I mm. would say people that listen to classical music is a little bit more co- in control of the emotions than You'd think. most. Yes. <laughs> heavy metal musicians I would say Might be. also yeah I'm not saying always I'm just no. saying generally and I, I so for mm. me the more spices in the pot generally yeah. the more difficult it is to live in the same way yeah because you organize you and your sister that got raised by the same parents can have a disagreement. We can, and we're two completely different people. And you got raised people. by the same parents. We are extremely different. So imagine yeah. you got raised by different parents, yeah. different cultures, different yes. viewpoints. 
you can just imagine it yeah. doesn't create harmony if there's too many spices I in the I think maybe it's they're not the many spices. Maybe it's then the spices listening to each other. I think listening goes a very long way. They do or they don't listen to each other? I think not listening to each other creates the conflict. It's not necessarily that there's such a big variety. If, the, if everyone who comes from different places listen to each other, really listen, mm. I think that would... So it's not chaos by default because there's so many spices. It's chaos because the spices aren't listening to each other. Are they intelligent enough to even understand each other when they do listen? I think, well, I'm not, well, spices obviously can't listen to each other, but I think people can. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if people I, are clever enough. Maybe. Oh, and I, I'm, I'm again, using an umbrella term. Yeah. I don't know if people are as clever as we give them credit. Well, again, it's, <laughs> I have these conflicts inside me. Part of me goes like, I can't believe the human race is still around. They're freaking stupid. And another part goes, people know how to organize themselves and control themselves and they can communicate so i have this absolute idealistic view of how people are but then i also think like how the fuck did we make it here like i can't believe the coronavirus hasn't killed everyone already because come on people mm. are stupid but then it's this i have this constant conflict when it comes yeah, to and people. i'm just playing devil's advocate yeah. here because if you can convince me of some stuff then hopefully mm. i can change my opinion but it's like yeah. listen if i if i were to be the ceo of mm. apple Yes. And of Google yeah. and start paying tax, then I would go out of business within 10 years <laughs> and millions of people around the world will lose their, their income. Jobs, yeah. So I can admit that, yes, in an idealistic, naive world, mm. my way is better. And yeah. I, listen, to, and I wonder, like, we have survival instincts built into yes. DNA. Any living yeah. organism has survival instincts. Yes. And being selfish is it's, a survival yes. instinct. So... Taking food out of someone's mm. mouth and then putting it into your or your child's mouth, yeah. that is a survival mechanism. Yeah. And I think as a caveman, it's quite easy to see mm. we live in conflict. And then there are weirdos like us that think, but if all the cavemen just live together and farm together, then it then would be so much more be beautiful. Yes. And I'm like, yeah, but if the zebras and the lions were sleeping in the same cave, that would be awesome too. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like, how I far know. are we going to yes. go with this idealistic outlook? It also outlook? depends on whose theory, because then there's a theory that we evolved to be more of a herd and take care of each other but there's also the theory that selfishness is part of evolution as well i don't know the answer it's just it's interesting and i and i so when i critique i also want to say i know that i don't have the answer and it's it's also not cool to critique and not a, it's like uh, yes. i listened to a podcast <laughs> the other day i'm big into my mixed martial arts and usc oh, nice. And they were arguing about weight cutting that's not working. So the oh. fighters, uh, they lose. So let's yes. say you're 100 kilograms. The day before I the fight, heard that. you weigh yourself. And then you, and you do try everything to lose to, as so much you can weight. Be in a different weight class. So you fight at 85 kilograms, yes. but you're actually 100. And then you rehydrate and then you fight yes. your 100 kilograms. Yes. You're in the different way. I've heard of that. Yes. So the the two guys were having a discussion on the podcast, and the one's like, "Yeah, but you can't just say it doesn't work. Give me mm. an alternative." So I also want to be like, I don't want to just talk here and say it doesn't work. Yes. I want to also look at the flip side and listen. Yeah. If maybe there were six million humans like me, yes, then maybe the species will be extinct in ten yeah. or hundred years. Yes. And because they were selfish people, it survived. Yeah. There's a, a I think there's mixture. a flip side to everything. It is.
They are, I don't think there are any answers. And, I, and again, I, and I need to remind myself, it's like Afrikaners. Like, mm. I'm a joke It's of not them. a monolithic. They are... Yes. The most all the, the last two podcasts has been Afrikaans and I yes. actually really enjoyed it. Yes. I was like, it's weird. I really enjoyed it and I want to maybe do more. Yeah. It's like Christian people. I very quickly want to make fun of them. Yes. And I'm like, but there's amazing Christian people out there. The cool ones, you just never know they're Christian. Yeah. Because they, they don't, don't tell they, you. Yes. <laughs> they're just really nice people. I always get it. When people find out I'm not a Christian, they're completely shocked. And they go, but how do you know how to be a good person? I'm like, it's not rocket science. Yeah. Like, it's just, yeah. But I also, I know horrible Christians. And then I know absolute gems who are And it's always like the, the ones that advertise them as Christians. They're are they the, Christians, mm, actually? Are yeah. they not just uh, wolf in it's sheep's that, skin? Yeah. It's again that surface. I say something, but the substance underneath it. Yeah. Doesn't quite gel what's with the, the, the facade. What's the intention of... Yeah, why are you telling me? Because I yeah. lived in Europe for six years and I yes. came back and I started doing business again here and suddenly people were telling me in business meetings that they're Christian. I was like... Why are you telling me this? Uh, are you going to cheat me out of millions? <laughs> and then I'm like, am I supposed to tell them I'm not? Like, and yes, I'm like, like, why are people saying this? And, and I, am no. I, why are we talking about religion mm. suddenly? And I found that very strange being back in South Africa in Stellenbosch. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, it's interesting. But there's mm. a flip side. And I'm like, and then I realized, but the people that were saying that in the business meeting mm. and ended up stealing my money, they weren't Christians. Yes, they were trying they to were, get you to trust you. They just, trust them by telling you They just you know Christians. how naive Christians are, the real yes. Christians. Yeah, and also they, they think that's a marker that we won't cheat you and they're telling you that to make you trust them. And I fell for it. Oh. Well, I didn't fall for it. I just... The reason I fell for it was yes. because I phoned a family friend because she introduced me to the oh, guy and okay. I've known her 30 years. And yes. I'm like, listen, can I trust this guy? She's like, my company has spent a lot oh, of money. No. And then it ended up while well, he stole a fucking million rand from them. And I'm oh, like, that's no. why I fell for it. But uh, oh. so it wasn't because of that. I don't know. No. I just... Uh, I think we're somehow kindred spirits where yes. we struggle with ourselves in the world <laughs> we around do, us. We do, and we th overthink things and look at the different sides. And, yeah. I'm lucky that I have a, a younger wife and you have a, you <laughs> yes, have a younger, younger boyfriend, <laughs> boyfriend <sir. laughs> and that is balancing everything it out. It does, it does, it keeps My us wife safe. has uh, re-established faith in humanity for me oh, in the yeah. sense of she's just a good person. Yeah. She, she cries when she sees certain movies. Aww. Like we went to the choir today and she yes. was in tears at one point because oh, people just, yes. and it's not me. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> that's, just <laughs> not, that's just not me. And I think my wife has reestablished a lot of mm. good things in my life. Yeah. Just because she's naturally a beautiful person Aww. and she, she, she doesn't have as many issues as me. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just have fucking issues with everything. And and she's the like, calm, safe Someone might give me a place. present. I'll be like, what's the fucking catch? Yes, why are you doing this? <laughs> what do you want from yes. me? Yes, <laughs> are you going to steal my money again? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. But I see we're approaching two hours. Okay. If we use the full podcast and you don't want to eliminate or delete <laughs> or edit anything. That's fine. You don't. I don't think you have to. <laughs> I say cautiously, not being sure what to say. I'm in the lucky position where my immigration papers are in. Oh, well done. So good, I can, good for I can you. pretty much say anything I want and be like, fuck it. Yeah. 
Plus, I still say whatever I want and go like, oh, crap, I hope this doesn't have consequences. <laughs> yeah, I did that today and I'm like, I feel bad. But it's like, uh, you know mm. what's weird? Something that bothers me, and I had it on my previous podcast as well. I mm. had a podcast with a guy who was called Jonathan. Yes. And he used to be into jiu-jitsu martial arts. Oh, nice. And he went to a gym in Cape Town and he didn't like it. Mm. And then he didn't want to say the name of the gym Mm. 10 years later because he's a bit like it's not cool but yes. i'm like why are we years. not allowed to be honest yeah it's very weird there's, there's something and only behind closed doors be honest and say shouldn't we because normally when somebody tells mm. i call it hard truth I, yeah. I saw it in a movie or in a series i don't mm. know maybe even games of thrones or somewhere <laughs> they call it a hard truth a yeah. hard truth is it's difficult to hear mm. And if someone says that, automatically I'm supposed to say thank you because it took a lot of courage mm. for you to say that. Yeah. Um, but people and become it, really And defensive. for here, it's like, listen, just go be a doer behind my back, please. Yes. I don't want you to be <laughs> honest with me and tell me what you think. Just tell me I'm amazing and go fucking badmouth me to everyone. Yes. And I find it quite weird, especially because I lived in, in Poland, mm. where you're very honest. Yeah. And I came back here and I was like, dude, you just... You're too you honest, man. It might also be, I have Dutch and German family and they're very direct. Mm. So I think it's also that where they don't mean it to be offensive or rude. It's just they they shoot straight. It's just the way it is. And when I'm straight with people and they go like, oh, that's not nice and don't do it like that. I'm like, why? Because I deliberately do not use tact and I deliberately um, don't... I'm not diplomatic. Mm. As I realize when I am, people deliberately misconstrue what I say. Ah. And I don't want there to be any misunderstanding what, what I, my intentions are or what I mean. So I've, I've completely lost the skill to be, I'll have to practice again, to be bl diplomatic and tactful. Mm. I just do not do it at all. Yeah. And it might be the same that it's, being direct, it's not meant to be hurtful. It's well, someone told me honesty does not equate brutality. No, you don't have and to I, be brutally honest, so you can just be honest. He's just like, dude, you can be honest, but just stick to honesty. Yeah, don't be and mean about just it. Just don't be mean about it. Also, choose the right moment and the right time mm. and in the right way. I don't I'm always like, do that. I'm like, Jesus, people are so fucking sensitive. <laughs> I'm like, but I'm like, let's let's reverse the table. How would mm, I respond? Yeah. And how would I want to do it? And I'm like, okay, maybe fair enough. But that's the weird thing. If someone is that direct and honest with me, I go, oh, okay, let me think about that. And I'm not offended when they're that that honest or hurt, because I've had people tell me stuff directly to my face and go, okay. And then I think about it and then I think, oh, maybe you're just being an ass or you're having a bad day. Or actually, I have a point. Yeah. I just, again, I, I, would, I would assume people are different. And we yeah. Need, they are, uh, you can't treat everyone the same way. And I hate that, that Bible verse of treat people the way you would like to be treated. Yeah. Who says someone wants to be treated the way you want to be treated? Yeah. People they might would. want to be treated differently. Yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, it's it's interesting. Like, I think be, one of my problems, listen, maybe this is for you as well, because... Mm. one of my problems has been that i treat everyone equal okay but equality is not equity or, yeah well the problem is not everyone is as intelligent as me 
That's also true. And you sound like my boyfriend. <laughs> and, I, and it goes both ways. Mm. I, a lot of times, have to be like, listen, mm. you are too intelligent for me to understand this. And yes. I'm going to trust you because you're just very clever. Yes. And I know enough to know that you are right. Yes. And sometimes I'm not sure you're right, but I just know that you're smarter than me. Yes. But then I must be the same sometimes yes. where like these people are just not... Not... not. I had one of my... She's also a friend and a colleague. She once told me I'm, in meetings I need to stop saying, fuck people, it's not rocket science. Yeah. Because maybe for them it is. I was like, what? No, they're not stupid. She was like, some people are. I'm like, oh... Really? Yeah. And she told me to stop saying that because I'm making them feel stupid. Yeah. I said, but it is stupid. Not them. Just discussing something small for two hours that we could have done in a minute. Yeah, but I always say, again, yes, it's primitive. Mm. But why is it regularly upsetting me? Yes. At what point (laughs) am I going to learn from my own thought process? But... my new thing is we assume or accept and we can easily acknowledge that people have physical capability and mm. physical talents. Why is it so difficult to say that people have one, emotional yes. capabilities and talents, yeah. two, mental capabilities yes. and talents, yeah. and three, spiritual? Yeah. Because there's, I listened to a few athletes the other day. Mm. I saw them. I'm like, I think they play... I want to be careful. <laughs> they play sport for a national team. Uh, okay. Okay. I won't ask. And I was like, I've been thinking for a while to get them on the podcast, yes. one of them. And I overheard the the conversation these two gents were having. I was like, I would rather talk to a fucking piece of stone <laughs> than talk <laughs> to these two. Oh, There's no. not really much going on. No. But we are easily acknowledging the mm. physical capabilities mm. and we're willing to give them a million rand a year for that. And it's yeah. like, well done. And it's like, cool. And they're yeah. happy with it. We're happy with it. But why can't we do it on emotion? And even spiritual. Mm. It, this thing of feeling bad, guilty, yeah. uh, the capability for spirits to connect, yes. regardless of ethnicity, language, religion, yeah. I just don't think some people have that capability. Uh, yeah. I. And also, I think it also, as much as I'm listening to you talk now, I, I keep using the language of deficit when I refer to my colleagues about what they're lacking and what they're not doing, and I'm harsh with them. But I will never, ever think of my students as unintelligent, as lacking. I always look at what do they bring. They have skills and values but I don't give my colleagues the same treatment. Mm. Um, Patience and tolerance in one area. And, and none in the other. It's interesting. Like, uh, so Even if someone isn't particularly smart, I will go, but they still bring something to the table. So maybe they'll bring, and I look for that. But I don't look for that in my colleagues. It's like road rage. Where does it come from? Does it come from me or does it come from the other person mm. driving like an idiot? That's yes. Like, it comes from well, maybe me. a little bit of both. Yeah, I know. But it's like I, it's like I know when I'm going onto yes. the road that there's going to be some arseholes. And they're and not going to follow. My mom keeps telling me, but maybe they're looking for a place. Or it was a momentary lapse of... I mean, I've made mistakes when driving, Mm. so... My friend Douglas always says, when other people on the road make a mistake, uh, it's intentional. But when he makes a mistake, it's it's an accident. accident. Yes. (laughs) And I recently started 
driving for some reason with other people on the road. Okay. And I've come to realize that people are just different. Yeah. Like, I drove with them and it's like I'm cringing. Yes. I'm like, I don't really want to drive with you ever again. Yes. But it came, what it, the word I used earlier is intent. Yes. They're not doing it intentionally. No. Plus, they my, think it's fine. My wife yeah. keeps on saying, I've never had an accident. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And it's like, you've had. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, but it wasn't my fault. She's like, yeah, you still had an accident. You've had, had an accident. <laughs> and I'm like, so uh, again, I think there's this flip side to everything. Mm. And I'm hoping that, uh, let's say I'm going to live to 80. Yes. That uh, <laughs> the years 40 to 80 is just going to be a bit more mature. I think people I, mellow with age. <laughs> where I do see the flip side and I don't yeah. take everything as... Uh, Seriously. As serious. And, uh, but I do know that um, th it is also just who I am. And I've come yeah. to make peace with it. And yeah. again, fuck you. Okay. If you don't yes. like it, go fuck Th yourself. That is. That is. Come check me out at Metallica <laughs> concert and you're going to enjoy my company. Yeah. And I always say to people, like I had a security company that didn't mm -hmm. do nothing with when this father was oh, yeah. to security. I phoned the security company. I was like, listen here, guys. I know I'm irritating. But boy. when shit eats the fan, yeah. you want me on your side. Yeah. Regardless of what you think of me, what I say, yeah. whatever. When shit eats the fan, yes. I'm the guy that you want in your corner. Yeah. And we need people like me. Yeah. And we, but maybe we need those dumb fucks as well. Yeah. To make life interesting. <laughs> it does. For me to complain <laughs> For a little about. bit more spices. <laughs> to learn tolerance and patience and kindness. We need people as young as your boyfriend mm. to give us... <laughs> <laughs> give us a different perspective and soften us a little bit. Oh, he's going to kill me. He's a very private person. Is it? Yes, so what's his name and his no, Instagram Lord, handle no. and his telephone number? <laughs> no, no, nothing of that. At this point, I'll let the picture come up on come the up video. And show people what it looks like. No, shame. I just won't send him the link. He won't know. But he knows I'm doing the podcast. Just, is it? Uh, I'll just tell him sorry that ahead is of time. So funny. Crap. Listen, I'm gonna. I think we cut it off there. It's uh, sure. It's seven thirty. It's uh, two hours. I really cool. enjoyed that. Me too. This Thank was you. a lot of fun. Thank no, you. No, no, very cool. I enjoyed it. I think Great. we'll take a quick walk on the park with my cats. Yes. And check the I like bunnies your out. Cats. I like bunnies too. Cats more. We're going to go do it. Awesome. Sweet. Thank you.